welcome to the Sports Carnage Podcast, presented by Detroit Sports Nation, featuring Paul Roshan, A.J. Riley, Ryan Griffin, and Matthew Bassett, bringing you the most arrogant takes on the planet straight to your ears. We don't promise to always be right, but we promise to act like we are. What up, webheads, along with Paul Roshan, A.J. Riley. Ryan Griffin, I'm Matt Basson. Welcome to Sports Carnage. The schedules have been released for the upcoming NFL season, and we are going to dive right in to how many games the Detroit Lions should win this upcoming season. Spoiler alert, in my mind, it ain't that much. Starting off, the San Francisco 49ers, and it's a damn shame that we don't have Harbaugh (laughs) and we don't have Schwartz because that would make this game way more interesting than it's going to be because I have a feeling with this Lions squad, most of these games are not going to be interesting. Ryan, you have been the rainbow of sunshine for the Lions schedule in years past. Are you uh, are you leaning towards the 11-win season as years past, or are we going back to reality and uh, you looking at three and four wins maybe? Yeah, well, I mean, I got a... I got a bet with Dylan that they're going to win less than six games. So I think that's a safe bet. I, uh, looking at this schedule, I, I, I hope they're on three and four. I think that is a safe but. bet. Looking at this schedule, I mean, you know, the uh, so what we got we got the NFC West as our opponent this year on the NFC side, and we got the AFC North for the AFC opponent. Um, that's uh, that's that <laughs> that's some good football teams that are going to be that our our kiddies are going to have to deal with. Uh, even if they were a good team, which I don't think they are. So is that two games then? So we play two teams from the West and then two AFC North no, no. teams? No, no, no. We play, the, we play the full, no, the full play. boat. So all four teams from the AFC oh, North. Oh, okay. All four teams from the NFC West. Yeah, and then there's that's... some random ones in there. Like we're facing the Eagles out of the NFC East. We're yeah. facing uh, the Broncos out of the AFC West. Uh, placing the Falcons out of the NFC South. So there's some random ones, but there's always one on each side that you play the full boat. So we've got the Ravens, we've got the Bengals, we've got the Steelers, we've got the Browns, and then we got, obviously, the Niners, we've got the Cardinals, the Falcons, I mean, Falcons, sorry, the Seahawks, and the Rams. What about that 17th game, though? Who did that add? Uh, the Green Bay Packers? <laughs> <laughs> what? No, probably the no, Falcons. No, probably it probably just added one of those. Yeah, one of those throwing yeah. teams. Because you pay, we don't like you said, you play division. one whole division from the AFC, one whole division from the NFC. You got your placement games. Like if you finish third place, you play the third place in all the other divisions. But wh- where did they pull that seventeenth from? I'm dying to know. Uh, so you guys sound kind of pessimistic about our chances this year. Are you saying we are not going to complete the bird gauntlet? What is the? What is the? I don't even know what that is. Ooh, Come man. on. You oh, better, man. You learn. Oh, you're going to learn today. So we play all five NFL teams that are birds this year. Oh, 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 sorry. The Bur- I heard I heard Burt, like Burt and Ernie. And no, no NFL team. <laughs> I was like, team, what the hell is the Burt gauntlet? No NFL team has ever beat them all in the same season. Granted, probably not often that you play them all in the same season. But we do. And we have a chance to complete the Burt gauntlet. But you guys... I mean, there's five bird oh, teams. We're going to complete it all right. We're only in the wrong way. We're going to do the guys, same thing, the opposite of the, the, the Patriots. You guys think we're only going to go perfect. Winning three or four worms. games. That doesn't, sound, that doesn't sound very optimistic. I'm not going to lie. Uh, no. I, we could be. I, I, I will say probably also nobody has lost to all five bird teams in a season. So that, that could be a reverse gauntlet. I mean. Yeah, I mean. It, it's I mean, not look, the worst thing. Know, two, of the bird, two of the birds are not good. They haven't been in years past. The Falcons. And the Eagles. 
Neither of those teams have been a good football team over the years past. Cardinals have been iffy, hovering around 500. Uh, they seem to get the better of us when we face them. But, uh, I mean, there's a chance we can go 0 for 5 against the Birds. There's a definite possibility. So the, the Cards suck, but they're they're better than us, I think. I would hope they're better than us. I mean, Kiff's probably fired regardless, but if they're not better than us, he's super fired. Uh, the I mean, Eagles even suck. the last two times we played them, we were, and they were better than us, we still won. That's true. It's just like no, this we weird tied. thing where before we, we played Arizona, oh, we did tie that one year. That's but right. we did. There were a couple years that we thought we were pretty good that they beat us. Yeah. No, and, you're right, AJ. I, th- I thought we were two and zero in those games. Did we yeah, not? We didn't it? Didn't we also lose to MSU legend Drew Stanton completing like forty percent of his passes? Probably. I'm, does, I'm I'm pretty sure a few big, years back that happened. Drew. Um, I think it was like a seventeen fourteen game or something dumb. Um, what you mean? That's good so defense. They they should it, beat it us. It is though. at home though, and I know we usually have trouble in Arizona. Well, the in the Falcons, last two years, times we played them field. was in Arizona. The Falcons think they're good. That's why they drafted Pitts. That's why they're given like another run here. I don't I don't know what they are, but the Falcons think that they're good or at least decent. Like they're not trying to rebuild yet, so they at least think they're good. The Eagles suck, honestly. Like I, I honestly think like we'll probably beat the Eagles. Are the Eagles? I, I think that'd be one are. of our few wins. I, it's hard to say. It really but, is hard so to say. I, so we're talking about schedule. We're talking about what the Lions are going to do. So I, I guess this is appropriate. A lot of the Lions, a lot of it's going to be on the defense this year. So I think the offense is going to be decent. Um, we took a big downgrade at quarterback, but golf isn't as bad as like Dwayne Haskins or something like that, right? Like he's not that awful. He's not a Super Bowl going to get you a Super Bowl win unless your team is absurd and he'll still probably lose for you. But he he's somewhat competent. Is he, is he like, better he does or deserve... worse than Rex Grossman? I'm thinking of bad quarterbacks that went to the Super Bowl with like good defenses and good teams <laughs> around them. Man. That's a tough call. I wish you had a more recent I wish you had a more recent I mean I think golf's better than Grossman. I think he is I probably I don't think our roster I don't think our roster does golf any favors. The point so is even if so he's better than Grossman, though, we can still win three games. And it won't be all his fault. The Lions offense should be very helpful to a quarterback like Goff because we have what is shaping up to be the best O-line in our lifetime. Well, I can't speak for Matt and AJ. No, I was, was going to say, he's but already got better protection us, than Stafford ever had. Yeah, he already it, does. Although I heard, I, I, always hear, I always hear the old heads complain about Barry's line too. So I'm just going to assume this is going to be the best line the Lions have like ever had in our lifetimes. So that obviously will help immensely. We have a very nice backfield. Like, we do. We, we have one of the, in my opinion, the better backfields in the NFL. Not like the elite of the elite, and we probably don't have a game-breaker back there. But just the one-two of uh, Jamal Williams, who's a two, and the guy that I didn't want last year because Jonathan Taylor should be on this team, but Swift, that's a pretty nice one-two, right? Like, that's a nice backfield. And if you combine that with a good offensive line, which we got some questions at guard, but outside, I mean, we, we have less questions than most teams in the NFL on, on our front, for sure. So you should be able to run the ball a little bit, and you should have time to pass. And everyone says, like, we need receivers really bad. We don't have any number one receivers. We absolutely don't. But we have some pieces that if there's time and you're not one-dimensional, that are fine. 
Like, there's nothing wrong with them. Hell, if he stays healthy by miracle, Tyrell Williams pretty decent receiver. But I, I don't... Our offense, with competent coaching, if the offensive line is as good as we expect it to be, this should be like a 28-point-per-game offense. There's no oh, reason no. they should When have we Why? ever been a 28-point-per-game no offense? No way. But that's because of incompetence. If we're going to trust in this regime competence in the modern NFL. Listen, this is 2021. This is a league built around scoring. If this, if they're not at least 25 points a game, I mean, just shred it all up. I, just your offensive line alone with competent NFL coaching, and you have not the worst starting quarterback in the NFL, you've got to be able to give me 25 points a game. So to me, the, the question... system for all these guys. They're professionals. I don't care. There's a whole new system for the Bucks last year. They won a freaking Super Bowl. You know how much more talent the Bucks had on offense than we do? Yeah, I don't, I'm not saying we're going to win a Super Bowl. I'm comparison. just saying these are professionals. Like they had they, Ronald they can Jones. Pick it up. It's not yeah, like a do. big deal. Better back than Fournette. It's... <laughs> so my, my questions are on the defense, though, because the defense is where you see uh, more talent holes, especially in the secondary. Uh, the defensive line. We're, we're building it right, like made a lot of draft picks, but they're young and not a whole lot of talent on there. And a lot of it is how much do we believe the defense was inept coaching versus complete lack of talent? And probably somewhere in between, but if we're assigning percentages, is it it's probably 30 70? Which direction are you taking? I think it was probably 70% talent, 30% coaching. I don't know where you guys fall on that line, but. I think there's still a huge talent gap there. So even if these new guys know what they're doing, you could give up 30 points a game. That's not inconceivable, is it? Uh, see, I think it's Seems the other high. way. I, I don't think we're going to score that much. <laughs> but our defense, I don't think I'm not expecting much of them either. But I don't think our offense is going to do that much either. I mean, just with the fact that we don't have much for weapons in the air, and our question, our running game is still questionable to me. Yes, we got some pieces in the line, but I mean. I like Swift, but I don't know if he's a game breaker yet. I don't know if he's the one who's going to be able to handle the load for the full season. Like, well, he doesn't have to. We have arguably the best backup running back in the league, not counting ridiculous teams that have like Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb on the same goddamn backfield. I mean, you see, anyone, anyone in fantasy that's owned Aaron Jones will tell you how much the Packers love Jamal Williams. I mean, they, they had a true game-breaker and still refused to not give Jamal Williams plenty of touches. He is a very solid running back. Not He's not a number one on a good team, but he's not a number one here anyway. He's your number two uh, and should have very solid blocking in front of him. We averaged almost 26 I mean, it, points per game in 2017. Who did? Us. Yeah, us. Yeah. And we have – and I will – if you take quarterback out of the equation – this is the most talented Lions offense I've seen. Minus skill players. No, not minus skill players. Skill <laughs> minus players all are skill some, players. No, we don't have the best skill players, but skill players are the least impactful, especially receiver. And you have the by far the most important thing. You have bookend tackles and your center, right? We should have a top five hey, line in the NFL. We averaged 29.5 points per game in 2011. Yeah, Stafford threw 41 <laughs> touchdowns that year. It was really nice without an offensive line. It was it, impressive. He threw 40 touchdowns, and we were a point over <laughs> over 28. 
We would have we would have scored probably like thirty three a game if Java Best didn't die five games in. Man, that was the single so like sad. a very big so blow sad. to our franchise because he was going to be pretty oh, dang good. Massive blow. He was uh, special. He was, and he he was he was that he gave that balance to the team, and he was a game breaker. He he really could break the game open. I mean, you get him in the open field, and oof. Concussions suck, man. They really yeah. do. But we're not. We don't need to go down the hole of all the what ifs in Detroit sports history because it make you suicidal. And this isn't not a yellow card podcast. <laughs> Did you just reference yeah, the I band? Mean, I, yellow I, dis- card? I disagree about the offense. I, I don't. I, what is there to I disagree about? Because we don't have I a mean, superstar receiver. Not that we just don't. We not don't have. We don't have a good quarterback. We don't. Have <laughs> I said minus receiver. quarterback. I, I said discounted so, quarterback from the equation. But that matters for scoring points. Well, what do you, Listen, he has the so ball here's my play. question though about golf. Do we really need him? Like this is going to sound stupid when I ask it this way. Oh, I thought you said golf. No, no we don't. But like, like, who needs to be a game that manager? It, okay, that's exactly the point I was getting to make. We don't need him to stand on his head and be the gunslinger that put the team on your back. We need him to manage the team, which means that if the line can protect and be as good as they're being built to be, get Cephas open, get the kid that they drafted in the fourth round open. So they got fifth round, fifth yeah. round, AJ. Was it fifth round? Okay. Wait, I could be wrong. I Actually, I'm yelling fourth. at you and I, I, but I could be completely but wrong. I, like, I'm sorry. Give golf the time to see the field, to get the ball in those guys' hands. We're not talking about putting up millions of points, but if we that. can if we can focus on controlling the ball, controlling time of possession, and kind of flip the script on this modern-day NFL, which I understand is not going to be sustainable, but if you do it for like a year while you're getting your other pieces in place, you could end up winning more games than people think. Which is a detriment because well, we don't I want this team to win that I, many games. I, I also agree with that. I mean, they'll be more. I would assume they try and do a little bit more ball control than For they did sure. last year. Even though, uh, even though Bevel was pretty big on on ball control anyway. Um, so I do think they'll try and run it more, and I do think the offensive line has potential to be good. But obviously, we're putting stock into Sewell, who we haven't seen play yet. We all just kind of think is is really sweet. Um, and then we do have questions still at guard. Obviously, whether it's Crosby who plays or Vitae who's not any good um, and then obviously Jonah Jackson who a lot of people still like but you know he's only his second year in the league too so I think we're I think we're overrating that a little bit um, even though I do think they have they have the potential to be good and then even with these receivers we talked about separation all the time it seems like these last couple of years because our receivers could never do it and they really still can't. And then you have these guys who may, you know, might be a little bit faster and might be able to do it. But like Tyrell Henry hasn't proven anything. He had a couple good games with Oakland, maybe like a solid half season. Um, you know, obviously Perriman's supposed to be fast, but he's never done anything either. St. Brown's a fourth round <laughs> rookie receiver. So while I I like the pick, I don't necessarily think he's up to the task of contributing on a 17 game basis this year really anything significant and you know, obviously Cephas we saw what he did last year and it wasn't it wasn't super promising um, but you know but again he was a rookie and he could be better this year he could be but I think he we could also, have such a massive step back at quarterback. Gotta I, take so into the, account with Cephas whoa. too like he might be 
in a very real position to be playing for his job this year. You know what I'm saying? Because he's uh, he's not Holmes' pick, and he and it so th- there's there's that whole element too that Cephas might be one of those guys that's very expendable. So I don't think this year necessarily. I agree with you 100 percent that he's expendable, but he was a, a second round pick last season, second round, right? He was third round. God, was he third round? I, Bob Quinn's day twos have been so terrible. It all just blends together. Um, I thought he was second round, but not important. No, we took Swift in the second round. Day, you're right. You're right. Day two pick. Um, the thing is, he doesn't make a lot of money. He's cheap labor on a team that's not going to be good for oh, a hot fifth minute. Fifth round. I'm tripping. Sorry. Quintez was in the fifth round? Yeah. That's not right. That's it impossible. Is right. That doesn't right. seem right at all. No, yeah, because Jonah Jackson was in the third round. Wow. Okay, now, so he's, now it's coming together. He was a real late pick. I, I, I guess maybe then he he's extra expendable. But again, he's cheap labor on a team that's not going to be good for a hot minute, and that they have under contract for a couple more years. And he's not that awful. Like, should he be on a good team? Maybe not if he doesn't develop. But we're not a good team. We're not going to be for a minute. Um, save that cap space, put those assets elsewhere. If you cut him, you're just replacing him with another junk receiver, right? It really just depends. But if you look at our receiver unit, like, so you have Tyrell Williams, Brashad Perriman is not the worst one, two in the world. And then you need a third. <laughs> it it's might not, be the worst one, two it. in the NFL. Stop it. And That's then, not the worst one, two in the NFL. I mean, we don't have to do this on it because there's 32 NFL teams, but like, we should look into it because I don't know that there's a one-two worse in the NFL. I was about to say, who, who, do, the, who do the Jets have? Tyrell Henry. Hold on. So you got, in Texas, you have Brandon Cooks and then probably Nico Collins is your number two, a, a rookie drafted in the I third I will round. take Brandon Cooks over either one of our one-two. Brandon Cooks is washed, dude. Stop I would it. take Nico <laughs> Collins over either All right, of those and- guys. And Brashad Perriman was never cleaned. <laughs> so, like, we're talking I about would that. I would take Nico Collins over any of those guys. Either of those well, two. Well, so and he's a rookie, though. You never know what you're going to get with a rookie. Yeah, but, but you 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 only need, especially so right Vanessa. now, your third receiver. You basically have you have Quintez Cephas, Geronimo Allison, who showed flashes in Green Bay, and Amon Ra. Is basically and maybe even Cleve Raymond are basically fighting for like that that third main guy. Your number one receiver this season is not a receiver. It's going to be TJ Hawkinson. Expect him to have a really nice season this year. Darren Fells back with the Lions. So you have some acceptability in that tight end room. You're going, especially in this offense, especially with the quarterback you have and the line that you have, you're going to be throwing to your running backs. Both Jamal Williams and DeAndre Swift are going to be receiving plenty of balls out of the backfield. You don't need your receivers to light the world on fire. And we always talk about separation, and I always gave shit to Kenny Galladay because he never got enough. It's a lot easier to get separation when you have five seconds to do it instead of two. And that's a bit of hyperbole there, but you understand the difference between when your line is giving your quarterback legitimately all day because they can't get home versus when he's got to make a snap decision and someone's got to be open because the ball's got to be out. It's a huge difference, and it makes the receiver's jobs a lot easier. Now, if Tyrell Williams gets hurt like he does every single season, yeah, your receiver room starts looking really thin, but who cares? Honestly. Our receivers are not making this offense go. In fact, receivers never make an offense go, especially if you don't have protection from the line. 
to look at this team and say, oh, they don't have the offensive talent because they don't have big name receivers. I think that's ridiculous. No, but we're saying to, to average 28 points per game, like you're saying, it is a little ridiculous. 20, 28 might have been a bit much, but 25, it, you have to average 25 or it's a failure to me, especially on golf's part. Well, you better, better expect a yep. failure. I, and I kind of hope for failure. Like, I wouldn't mind that at all. None of us would be sweating if we had the number one pick next year, right? Yeah. Like, no, none of us are going to be upset about it. I still the number two pick because I don't think Jacksonville is going to win more games than us. And, and I actually, I think he will actually have a solid year. A spe- for, this is a huge year for Goff. I mean, this is massive. A team just gave up on you. A team that has Super Bowl aspirations. <laughs> and, and paid you, you are a shit ton of money afterwards. To go away, right? And... Well, they paid him the money, and then now they're like, get out of here. We're replacing you. You're oh, not we made a to giant mistake. <laughs> giant mistake. We, we're going to broom this contract now. We should not now. have paid you that. He has to try to rejuvenate his career on a bad team in a place where no one has had success. He doesn't – NFL players in <laughs> yes. general. What? No, it sounds like the the cards are, are all with him. <laughs> it's like the perfect place to be. No, it's the worst place to be. That's my point. So he's coming in here. And he has, he has, he's playing for his job. AJ said Quintus Sivas playing for his job. Jared Goff is playing for his job as a starter in the NFL. If he bombs out here badly, he's not getting another starting gig. All right, but but are you really saying much if you're on a team where we really don't want him to throw the ball more than 22 times a game? And do you think he really cares with all the money he's made? I, I think he cares a lot. Yes, I think he wants to be a starting NFL player player as long as he possibly can be is, is my opinion uh, yes absolutely I think you can bomb out here and still be a starter i i mean you'd you'd be taking these journeyman contracts so that's like, he'd be you know, he would be know, a like Andy dalton maybe before justin fields came he would but. he would become a, a ryan fitzpatrick where you're a bridge quarterback for teams except ryan and, and that's the best can actually throw the ball hey <laughs> rude um anyway the point is he he is going to do Everything possible he can to have his best season. Not that he hasn't before, but now he is playing for his NFL future. I actually think by, for what's around him, for the situation he is in, I actually expect him to have a decent season. Not some great season, not be in the Pro Bowl, not be like, wow, maybe we should keep this guy long term. I just think he's going to look better than people expect in large part because I expect the offensive line to do a very good job of helping him do that job. And if our coaching staff is not awful, they understand his limitations and the limitations of the guys around him and will build the offense around that. Not to mention, we know this from everything we've heard mentality-wise, this is going to be a conservative offense. This is going to be a hit you in the mouth. We're going to try to run the ball. We're going to try to let our quarterback manage the game. I mean, in previous stops, Campbell said that a thousand times. He want in a perfect situation, your QB can just manage the football game. That those are all things that will help Goff not be completely awful, not throw fifteen touchdowns and twelve picks. Like maybe he's going to throw twenty-one touchdowns and eight picks. Like that wouldn't be crazy. He wouldn't be the reason we were losing these games. And if he can do that and manage those games, this should be a decent offense. I, th- I think if you get like 21 and 8 from him, 
I don't think that's going to help you win a lot more games either. Like, I see what you're saying, where he might not lose you games. But I don't think him, even in a ball control offense with us, right, with uh, St. or now Los Angeles, it was obviously a different story because that was a, a way better team than we had. But I think even playing that way here isn't going to get you a lot more wins. And just like on the on the line schedule in general, kind of moving away from the offense. Matt Matt mentioned, you know, Jacksonville might have the number one pick again. And I think that's really where the the low expectation or low number of wins from me comes for with the Lions. Because if you looked at all 32 teams in the NFL, you might not say we're the worst. But I don't know that there's a lot that you could say, oh, the Lions are definitely better than than X team. So where on, you know, the opposite end, you could say they're they're definitely worse than all of these teams, so I think we're a bottom-tier team regardless. <laughs> For what it's worth, and to some people nothing, to some people a lot, Vegas has us as a clear-cut bottom two with Houston. Uh, we are projected, our, not projected, I should say, our season win total for betting purposes is five wins. Uh, Houston is at four and a half. Wait, hold on, Jacksonville after. at? Jacksonville is at six and a half, How? and that's what it jumps How? up to. There is a group of four teams at six and a half. It jumps a whole game and a half up from the Lions is the next lowest. And that's a that's a big jump for these purposes. Normally it's half a game, half a game, half a game. To jump a whole game and a half to the next worst team, that's that's a gap. That's a a noticeable gap. The Eagles, the Bengals, the Jets, and the Jags are in that next tier is six and a half. The Bears are just above them at seven. Um, those are kind of your other bottom feeder teams. But really, according to Vegas, it's Detroit and Houston, and everyone is kind of far away from from them. And if whatever happens with, like, Deshaun Watson and it gets figured out and he's somehow, like, able to play, then obviously oh, that Detroit becomes. would be the clear-cut <laughs> so, so Clear-cut bottom, bottom team, at least according you, to Vegas. You like I said, think, there are some other teams there where you could be like, oh, they, they might be as bad. But. Houston, I would think, jumps up to seven wins. Is there, as far as their win total in Vegas, if he is declared that he's I'm really play. shocked if they I mean, have six and a half a for Jacksonville the over-under. Yeah, but Jacksonville... I, I don't take see the it. Under, I, mean, I, I am taking the under in that bet. I don't see it. I see three, so four. Here's, so so Jacksonville is kind of... Jacksonville is kind of the inverse of the Lions in that Jacksonville has great talent at the skill position players. Like, really good. They have really nice skill position players, both in their backfield and their receiving unit. And they have a lot of hype around the quarterback position in a quarterback that I think will be very good. I don't know if it's going to be year one, um, but they have a brand new quarterback that is expected to be very good, whereas the Lions have a brand new quarterback that is expected to be very bad. They have the skill position players. They don't have the offensive line. It's a complete inverse. Well, and, and they don't have the defense either. Am well, I missing something? The Jacksonville. I'm just thinking Jacksonville in general with their win total projections. Like they don't have a defense. Their defense, their best defensive players have been traded away year after year after year since but the AFC Championship me, run. So to me, and especially with this being a betting total, this goes back to it's the flashy things. Right. If you ask people across the NFL to name players on our offense so, or players on Jacksonville's offense, they would be able to name a so, lot more. So, so the combination offense. of ACN sunshine and Chark is enough to give Jacksonville six and a half wins. Well, you have Chanel, you have uh, James Robinson. Obviously you do. You have... <laughs> no, they have a, they have a really nice skill position set on their offense. And again, a lot of hype with Trevor Lawrence coming in. That's enough perception. And you got wise. Urban Meyer, who I'm sure people are betting on. 
For sure. And that's enough perception-wise to move them up there. Absolutely it is. I'm not saying that come the season that's what's going to— You know that I think the skill position players are worthless to an extent. I I think it's all about the trenches and your quarterback play and your defense. Um, the, The skill position are last on that list. But when you have a world full of fantasy players who have half of their offense rostered, I think it absolutely matters. I just I want to find a prop bet on the over under of the number of times that the TV broadcast mentions Sunshine's regular season record after the Jags lose their first game of the season. And they're like, "Oh my God, he's never lost a game before in the regular season between high school and college." <laughs> in the regular season, you mean? Yeah, That's he never fine. lost a regular season high school or college game apparently. He, he didn't lose many postseason games either. Not, not too many, but just a couple. And that's we talked about this before, I think on podcast, but maybe it was during the draft. Urban Meyer's not exactly used to losing a lot either. No. True story. It's, it'll, it'll it's going to be a whole new world for them. Winning culture, baby. Man, I, I, knew, he, culture. I knew he fleeced oh the NFL, but I didn't know it was this bad. Jared Goff, the year that got him his contract, 4,700 yards almost, 32 touchdowns, and 12 picks. The year before that, where it made you think he could play – 3,800 yards, 28 touchdowns, only seven picks. Not bad. He gets his contract, throws for a bunch of yards, yes, but 22 touchdowns and 16 picks. And then last year, just shy of 4,000 yards, 20 touchdowns, and 13 picks. <laughs> That's was Todd Gurley died. I mean, there's, there's a lot correlated to Todd Gurley's death for that, though, Ryan. Like. Especially when. Yeah. This <laughs> is not very good. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, when he is meant to carry a team, he's not as good. But when For all those yards, not many touchdowns. 4,700 yards almost in 2019. 22 touchdown passes. And almost as many the And, you know, with the Rams, they obviously weren't trailing in a lot of games when they were going to the Super Bowl. And with the Lions team, I know, you know, obviously we want to be a ball control offense. And that sounds good in theory, but when your defense, you know, puts you down 14 points in the first half, they're going to have to throw probably more than they want to. And then that's where you're going to see those golf mistakes where you might not have won the game anyway, but end up being, you know, like the, the death knell in some of those games. So I, I just don't see it as a recipe for success. Um, you know, not, not this year and anyway, which is obviously what we're talking about. Which is a good thing, I think, at least in my mind, I know that Ryan's on the same train that I'm on, that, you know, we want that one-two pick for next year's draft as well to really start, you know, building this team up for the future, which I I think AJ and Paul are on this train as well, that, you know, we're not looking at right now. We don't care about right now. We care about the future for this franchise. And in, in the words that I've said multiple times now throughout podcasts, to stop being the laughingstock of the NFL, really professional sports, because that's what the Lions have been for a very long time. They have a glimmer every once in a while, you know, even to the point where they actually they actually fool the national, you know, pundits out there who start picking them to win a bunch of games. But this team, year in and year out, is a laughing stock in the NFL, and that's what we're trying to not be going forward. It's not going to happen right away. And I think the more we lose this year, the better it helps us for three years from now when we can hopefully have a consistent winner on our hands. And I, I usually don't start rooting against the Lions until like week four. Like if I had my absolute pick, I want the Lions to go, you know, I have 17-0 this year. Like I will be rooting for them week one, probably week two, 
and then they have a kind of a tough start here. So yeah, it's a pretty tough start. It looks like they might start zero and three. Zero um, and three. I'm no, thinking zero and five. We're going to beat the Rogerless Packers I know, but on you Monday get, Night Football. <laughs> Rogerless. How the hell are we on uh, Monday Night Football the second week of the season? Well, Jeez. it's because the Packers are on Monday. So yeah, there's, not, there's not another <laughs> game out there us. with two good teams you could have flexed to. No, you got to see. Uh, maybe Aaron Rodgers. Maybe not. But it's still a it's bad team Rogers, on one side. We know out, we're not uh, good. It's a pimp out Jordan Love for Blake Bortles. Aaron Rodgers would, if he leaves, that that hurts us in the tank department. Obviously. No, we ain't beating Jordan I mean, Love. Those are... <laughs> yeah, he's going to Matt Flynn us. You, you mean Blaine Gabbert? Either way. <laughs> All right, hold up. We got it's the a, Raiders and the Steelers thing. week two. That couldn't have been a Monday night game? I'm sorry, can you say Old that Old-ass rivalry, Raiders and Steelers. Nah. That couldn't have been Monday nah, night? Because you want to you wanna be on Monday night and tell people, look, Rodgers is five touchdowns. The Rams and the Colts, that couldn't have been look, Monday look, night for week two? Look how sweet he is. Rams and Colts would have been a sweet Monday night game for week two. Two quarterbacks on new teams trying to prove themselves on decent teams also. The Rams and Colts, much better than us. I'm telling you, man, it's not for us. <laughs> I know, but I'm the saying there's, there's two sides of this coin. We are the other side. It should matter. They're, they got Chiefs and Ravens. Are you freaking kidding me? Chiefs and Ravens week two. How is that not Monday night football? Well, one of those games is probably Sunday night, right? Whether it's Chiefs, yeah, Chiefs Ravens, Ravens is Sunday Colts, night. Rams. Well, that's a bigger draw than Monday night. Shit, I'd rather watch Titans Seahawks. All day for <laughs> Sunday night. What well, sucks is how sweet Rogers. It, it what sucks for the purpose of tanking is some of these very winnable games are at home. Like the two most winnable games on our schedule are probably Cincy and Philly, and we play them both at home. But that's unfortunate. <laughs> yeah, I mean we play at Denver, and I don't know that Denver's. I think Denver's better than us, but you do play at Denver. You know, at Atlanta, who might not be very good, might at least be, you know, decent or better than us. Um, so I think you kind of get it both ways. But yeah, so Cincinnati at home, I think would definitely be the most winnable game on the schedule by by kind of a lot. Yeah, I mean, it's them. It, I, Paul nailed it. It's them or the Eagles. Those are the two most winnable games out of conf. You know, actually, probably just in general, um, and they're both at home. And there's a, I think there's a good shot. There's, I think it's the same percentage for both those teams where I think it's right at about 50-50 <laughs> for us winning or them winning. Because Burrow could go off. Burrow could go off for five touchdowns against us, and it's not even close. Burrow and Chase. Yeah. It's Chase's game where he gets 180 yards and three touchdowns. You know, I think yeah, it's more the Eagles just the because. Game. Yeah, like yeah. I don't. Say I don't trust. I still don't trust Jalen. I trust Burrow more than I trust Jalen by a long shot. So I think Philly's really the easier win for us because we're not facing a real quarterback. Yeah, but... That's Darius Slay revenge game, though. <laughs> yeah, also true. And carry on. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Carry on goes off for like 125 oh yards goodness. and two touchdowns. In have, Ford Field, and then he does like a Ford Field leap. No, forget that. Abdul he does the Randy Moss his first game against us. Yes, he did, Paul. Um, yeah, Abdullah did score. Was it a run, or did he score on like I don't think he scored on the kick. What with the Vikings? Yeah. Um, I don't think it was a kick return. I think it was a regular. I think run. it was a run. 
I feel like he scored relatively early in that game, and I was like, come on, dude. And it, was, it was a minute ago. I don't quite remember. Would, but. would have been nice if you did it here. All right, oh, there's sorry. always that. Joey, Joey Harrington. <laughs> it seems like every year there's that one surprise game where the Lions just like, we all are like, we all peg them to get their ass handed to them, and they come out and either win the game or give them a hell of a game and almost yes. win it. You know, the Chiefs a couple years ago, the Patriots years before that. Like, which game on the, on the schedule do you see where the Lions just come out and really show it? And So it's got to be a long shot, yeah. though? I mean, it, there's the uh, the Rams game. <laughs> like, he got no way. these dudes who, yeah, oh, he played against Stafford. Usually, he knows, it, he knows oh, usually it's at home. Oh, usually it's a home we have game. No yeah. chance, we have no chance going yeah, to buddy. L.A. beating the Rams. Not in the universe. Yes, sir. Oh, Let's my goodness. Them. I mean, I will give you that's the longest of long shots. That's the most guaranteed loss on this schedule. But um, for me, if I was picking one of these long shots that it's, that they could win, uh, it would probably be the Say Ravens. It. I knew it. <laughs> uh, right, so no the, way. The Ravens are going to run the ball down our so throat. It, exactly. So the Ravens are a ball control 400 team. yards against us. Listen, can you, do you want to listen? Or you want to just keep talking no, about how good the Ravens are? No, because you said it's a better – so we have a better chance of being the Ravens than the Rams. It's, it's, it's a stylistic matchup. It's not at all out of bounds. The Ravens are a ball control offense. We are also going to be a ball control offense. What does that mean? Very few possessions. Where the average NFL game probably is around 12 possessions, we're going to have like eight possessions. And those are numbers I'm pulling literally out of my ass. The point is, <laughs> I, I am. No, I, it's probably not that far off, but I, I got to be open. Uh, the point is, when there are drastically fewer possessions, the margin for error slims up real quick. That hurts the better team not the worst team. So when you have a lower margin for error because the time of possession is ridiculous, both ways, long drives, and you have a team with a good offensive line that helps a lot in that game, if Lamar makes a mistake or two, that game could easily turn on its head. Now, I if I was saying what percentage do I think I, we have to beat the Ravens at home, and it is a home game, by the way. So in after probably opening 0-2 and getting our ass kicked in Lambeau right before that, provided A-Rod is still there. Short week. Um, not that short, short by a day, short by, it's not like it's Monday to Thursday. It's short by a day. Um, yeah, but they don't ever you play probably Monday got a night 20, football and then Thursday night football. 28%, 20, it was an example, 28% chance maybe to win this game. But if you were taking a long shot that like, I could actually see them winning, this would be the game. I mean, take the rest of these and it's like, I mean, put L's on them. Yeah. The, the main reason I disagree with this is because whatever you think of Lamar, the last two years where he's been the full starter, the Ravens feast on bad teams. Like, they don't play these bad teams close. They blow them all out. Where you look at some of the other games where it's like, you know, obviously the Rams, and they're a, they're a new team. They might still not even be gelled yet by the time by the time the Lions get to them. Um, Halfway you can say the one of the Green seven. Bay games. Oh, my so, goodness. There's plenty of time, time? to gel. Oh my goodness! Uh-huh. I don't Stafford's being a bitch. <laughs> I I want to be clear. I don't think we're beating the Ravens, like at all. But in the no, spirit I'm just of this saying, question, like in the teams in the games against the really bad teams, that's when the Ravens beat them by thirty. Even with all the ball control, I, those are the games that, that are forty-five to ten. Probably what's going to happen. But it... AJ, what about you? Uh I gotta pull up the schedule. Hold on. AJ, we've or, been talking about know, this for 15 the, minutes, and you busy, haven't pulled up the schedule. The easier answer is probably the easier and probably the right answer is the Packers because you get two cracks. Yeah, out. 
that would probably be my one of my guesses, but I think that well, we right? Don't. No, sorry. The, the premise one, this one also was you know about the, the it's not it, non-conference because the games I was using examples, you know. Well, even so, even if you name the Packers, though, so week two is absolutely not happening. You're at Lambeau. You have a new new quarterback and all new coaches. You're not going there and beating them. Period. Week eighteen might not end up being a long shot because they might be resting everybody. So here's one that just sticks out, which I know is we're talking long shots, right? Yep. What about week one? You got the new regime. Everybody's hyped up. You get San Francisco traveling east. For I mean, that's a long. That's a one p.m. start on a Sunday. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, if there was ever going to be start out on the right foot, yeah. If there was ever going, there's no there's no tape on our right. If there was ever a time to build the most false hope ever. It would be, oh, yeah. and the most Lions thing to do, go out and win week one against. <laughs> and, and, and there's some things that could happen. You know what I'm saying? So maybe, I think you just convinced Jimmy... me, AJ, actually. I think I agree with you. <laughs> I mean, Especially if the Niners play the way that they've been playing for me in my franchise mode on Madden. I mean, damn, they're definitely going to get oh, the man. So, so maybe Jimmy G has a bad game, right? Yeah. Or maybe they shock the world and decide, oh my God, we're starting Trey Lance. So now you got a rookie in his first there's start, which no I don't think that's going to happen. But I'm just, uh, yeah, there's. No I way. I agree. I'm I agree. I, listen, no one thought Russ was going to start. Not after they played Matt Flynn all that money. Russ was a third round pick coming in. No one in the world thought Russ was going to start, and he did. I it's, things happen. It's the NFL. I don't think it's going to happen. I'm just saying, if we're talking about long shots. That could help us, right? If they yeah, surprise everyone was a and started the guy they just took point, at number yeah. three. I think we're the longest shot. They were shot not bums. They to. won the Super Bowl the next year. No, what? They, I'm saying that, when no, Russ took the over, they was were the a bum-ass squad. Yeah. They were in the Super Bowl year two? Yep. Yeah. Yeah, I thought they did. Yeah, they were not a bums. When, 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 Russ, was, when Russ was still bad. So, and seven and, and, seven and nine seven and nine the first year. Beast Quake upset New Orleans at home, even though they shouldn't have had a home playoff game. And then year two won the Super Bowl. Boom. Obviously not bums. But I think we are the longest shot in week one, like from the Vegas lines. I mean, that that's I probably going to be a, the biggest. a theme this season. I don't – it's not going to be pretty. What I will say is I don't think – I'm glad no one mentioned the Bears or Vikings because I don't think those are that long of shots. Like, I just don't think no, those teams and I was are even looking at, good like, the enough. Yeah, but then I, I saw that we were on the road. It, it's not as long – yeah, it's not as long of a shot as the other games that we mentioned. Well, so if Big Ben's arm falls off, right, like, which could happen. I mean, he's old and bent on decline. If, if he has a late-season Peyton Manning-esque – just drop off a cliff. Why? What? Not you, my cat. Oh. He's uh, jumping on the top of the door and then just jump right back off. It's the door. But yeah, I would definitely say week one. It just. I mean, and that's not. I, I agree with you. You convinced me. So, see, Paul, I didn't have to have it pulled up right away. Get off my back. There you go. That's right. A- AJ's, it would, it AJ's helped... coming in with correct takes. It would have helped the flow. What about you, Matt? It was your question. I mean, it really is just down to it's those two games. It's San Francisco or it's Baltimore. I don't think they're going on the road to pull off these upsets. I just don't see it. No. And, you know, it's not a surprise to beat Cincy. It's not a surprise to beat Philly. You know, I don't think they're going into Denver and doing it. 
And the Cardinals is not, I mean, unless the Cardinals. Not are, a long shot. Say it. Say it. Say yeah, it. Yeah, I mean, neither is Denver. <laughs> no, I mean, beating Denver in Denver is impressive just because we're not a good football team. But for other teams, it's not impressive. It's not It's not that impressive. I know. But when you say long what, shot, what you you're about, really talking about like four games on the schedule. Think about go, going into uh, going into Seattle and pulling off the upset second to last week of the season. Just nah. shocking the world. <laughs> So no, that's, I think actually, uh, I think Seattle will need that win either for playoff seeding or just to get in the playoffs. And that's I'm surprised no one mentioned Seattle because of all these teams that we did mention. Seattle's probably the most vulnerable. Seattle is not at all a complete team. Now it's it's hard for good teams to be Seattle in Seattle, and we are far from a good team. But as far as you're looking at a vulnerable opponent, they have their issues. Granted, their issues that we probably can't take advantage of given our makeup no, of our we team. Took, we took a but couple I, defensive tackles little, this year. We might get some pressure. With the, t- with the 340-pound men that we took? Yeah. yeah but well, one of the, I guess one of them is only 280. I did yell at Don because he was undersized. But he's he's a 3-tech, not a not a nose. So it's you okay. Know, and it's second to last week of the year. You know, we might have had, might have our shit figured out at that point. Actually, you might be a five tech in this. Yeah, defense. and then that yeah. takes us from the first overall pick to the third or fourth overall pick because that would be the most lines <laughs> thing to do. Well, that's and there's so let's. This is the perfect spot to get into it. We we talked about Vegas has us pegged at five wins, um, and you are an absolute fool if you bet either way on the Lions this year. I mean, you just have no business betting the Lions win total this year between all the question marks and how probably bad this team is going to be, but the pieces they could have that could keep them in some games, just a bad bet. But how many games do you see the Lions winning this year? My number was higher than I wanted it to be. It was disappointingly high when I actually went through it and I, I, I put in my brain algorithms and kind of crunched the numbers for each game, like where I thought we were at. And I don't, I don't pick like this is a win, this is a loss, because that it doesn't make sense to me. You almost got to assign percentages to each game. Like, we'll beat this team one out of ten times. We'll beat this team three out of ten times, right? Because you, you never know what's going to happen. You just go. I mean, if you're if you just assign wins and losses, you'll have teams going fourteen wins every year and teams going two wins every year. It's not how it works. There's upsets. There's off games. Uh, where do you guys okay, have us? Good well, question, considering... Paul. Are we, are we assuming? Are we ahead, assuming Matt. that 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 Rodgers is playing or not playing? We're assuming it doesn't matter if Rodgers is playing. <laughs> you can't ask the question and do that to me. That's not allowed. It's not. It's unfair. Well, Sorry. considering we're going four and one in our first five games. No, I'm just kidding. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Well, since we have our long shot win in week one, so chalk that up one and zero. Oh. Rodgers is not playing, and we're going to win on Monday night and really shock the world, so it's going to be 2-0. Oh. Then we get Lamar Jackson, who can't throw the ball six feet, so there's 3-0. Oh. And then the Bears, who have Justin Fields, so there's 4-0. Oh. No, 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 Red Rocket will still be their quarterback at that point. I don't think so. <laughs> don't, be, don't besmirch Andy Dalton like that. No, I I don't know. I I look at this that, schedule. That might actually be the first game Justin Fields yeah. starts, and then he goes off for like 500 yards like and six touchdowns. Was, all the more reason like that the Lions 10, could win before, that game. I think I was tripping. All, all, all the more you, reason you start him against a bad team at home. Get him, get him comfortable. Get him his first loss out of the way. Something to learn from. 
I mean, looking at this yeah, schedule. Builds confidence by going for four passing and two rushing. Ah, this does not look like a very friendly schedule. Oh, to be fair, no schedule looks friendly when you suck. <laughs> we played the Houston Texans right. seventeen times. Now we got a friendly yeah. schedule. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> like our division, our division is not as good as it's been no, the it's last not. handful of years, and it's worse. And if, if Rodgers leaves, yeah. it's even worse. Um, we do play the NFC West, which sucks because obviously that's an incredible division of football. Just very good football, but I, I mean. It's not the worst schedule in the world. It's not. We just suck. So all of these games look almost not just the NFC West, the AFC North. Like, great, we got two of the arguably and hardest the divisions. We do play. We do play the toughest divisions around. But even if, it's, yeah, it, it's not fun. But we suck, so it doesn't I mean, matter. Literally, I mean, we, we could play the worst divisions. Both, it, it, both divisions. Three out of the four teams are going to be above five hundred. We think. Between the I AFC mean, North it, and the even NFC Even if West. we played even if we played the NFC East, like you think we're winning three of those games? No. I mean maybe. It's no, not. definitely probably not, but it's still I'd rather face the Giants, the Redskins, the Eagles, and the Cowboys than the no, Niners, this is than the Niners the Seahawks, purposes. the Rams, and the Cardinals. So I'm I, I appreciate the relatively difficult schedule. But I mean if some teams would look at the schedule, like if the Chiefs had the schedule, they wouldn't be like, Oh my god, we have such a tough schedule. Sure. I don't know. I, it's I, look perspective. Like, I think it's a tough schedule. It's obviously tougher for us. I think it's a tough per- schedule. Perspective for matters. Like, I think that you definitely get a split with Chicago this year. Like, I think I think There's we go – I think that's – so, that's a win there. I, I, I can almost see a split with either the Vikings or Green Bay. Like you basically think we're gonna win two two out of our six division games? Probably. So I'll go two and four in division, which is not good, but it's not could be worse. And then I, I think that I think they beat the Eagles, so that'd be three. Maybe they beat the Cardinals or the Falcons, so that's four. I couldn't go higher than five wins. So, that's because you're picking wins and losses. Well, sure, but I'm also not going to take the time to sit here and go, oh, how many times will we beat the San Francisco 49ers? <laughs> it doesn't, it doesn't take 10. long. It takes, it, it takes it, 10 seconds. It takes long for it 17 takes more games. Time than it ta- I want to take. It legitimately that's, took that's, me. That's 170 seconds. It legitimately minutes, took, me like, it took me like two minutes. I don't know. Um, so I, your brain now, also works in numbers. Mine does not, which is why you're better at poker that's than fair. I am. That's fair. This does have some almost regression to the mean um, when you, but that's because that's where most teams fall. You don't have a lot of statistical outliers. You don't have a lot of one and two win teams, and you don't have a lot of 14, 15, 16 win teams. It's just 17 now that we have 17 games. So even another, this almost sounds inflated because we're so used to 16 games, but they're going to be inflated because we have a whole extra game to work with this season. Um, I, I don't, I, I have us at six wins. Um, and if Green Bay were to lose Aaron Rodgers to pretty much anywhere, Wait, that's but the with Broncos, Green Bay losing without, that's without Green Bay losing Rodgers. Correct. Um, if they were to lose Rodgers, what color Kool-Aid might, are you drinking? Nah, I still don't, I still don't think it would skew closer to seven. I don't, I don't think there'll be enough to move those games enough, but it, it might. Um, I, I think we'd still be at six wins. Um, you don't think we beat the Packers yeah. if Blake Bortles is their quarterback? 
I think we could beat them, but would? Well, um, yeah, but if Rodgers goes, did you see the co- comments by Devontae Adams? Like, <laughs> it's going to make me read. I, I did right. not. He said something to the effect of, and that this I is not a quote, but. But he's not going to He's not gonna sit out the season, and they're no, not going to trade he, him this he, year. So. He said that he would definitely be rethinking his future. Hey, it is not yeah, hard if, to if fake a hamstring. Of, if you let go of Rodgers, you better trade Devontae Adams yeah, this year. Yeah, I would Get agree with that. Is this his last yeah. season there? I don't know. But, but his but his comment I, was, if Aaron's not back, it he, definitely well, so, has me rethinking my future. I'm trying to think of if and when he signed a contract. It might not be feasible to trade him at the moment. Uh, but that's that's not super important. It doesn't matter. Um, I have us at six wins. And six and 11 is very bad. Like, it's not – it is not six and 10. It's six and 11, and that absolutely matters. It is a substantial difference. And that is a bottom five team, I think. Maybe it'd be right on the fringe. Uh, yeah. I have a, I have us at three. Um, I he's don't an think unrestricted free agent in 2022. So after okay. this season, Devontae Adams. Oh yeah, trades that. Okay, they'd uh, have to trade him. Yeah. If Rogers, but he's a receiver. He doesn't matter. I just, I just don't think we're very good, and I hope that's uh, enough to get us the number one pick. Although, you know, Deshaunless Houston might be lurking. Jacksonville might be lurking. And I do think almost in the same vein as, like, Troy Weaver and the Pistons, where obviously the players aren't going to go out there and try and lose. The Lions have a really tough first, like, six or seven games, um, you know, where they do get – obviously they have the, the rough start here. And then, while the Bears and Vikings aren't anything to write home about, the first two of those – like, those both those games are on the road – and I don't think, you know, we, we pull both those off. Then you get the Bengals, the Rams, the Eagles, and then the bye week. So if you're going in the bye, and let's say you get both the Bengal and the Eagles games, and you're like two and, would you be two and six at that point? Um, yeah. I do think you could start to see them maybe phase out some of the older guys who might help you win now. And then that's where you get somebody like, uh, you know, Ifiatu playing like full time. Or it helps in the long run, but it might not necessarily help. Help you win games now, um, and there might be more players like that on on offense. Guys that they bring in throughout the season, even throughout you know, kind of before the season starts. Um, and I think with the assurance that uh, that Holmes and Campbell both have, at least right now, as far as their job security goes, um, I think they'd be more willing to kind of play some of the more developmental guys or some of the younger guys who, if their season's already you know in the in the tank in their two and 10 or something um, for those last five weeks. I don't think they'll put their best foot forward in terms of like roster and talent um, out, out on the field. See, Whereas, I, you know, with Bob Quinn, I think, my, I think my, you might see them do that. Well, so I, one, I don't think as much as I would like to envision it, it's more fan fodder to me. I don't envision Brad Holmes telling Dan Campbell, Hey, I, I want to see our shitty players. And our young players, like, don't play this guy. Like, I don't think he's going to tell him that. Now, I think they will be mostly on the same page of what they expect and want for the season. But I don't think there's going to be a directive or mandate from above, as you alluded to with uh, Bob Quinn. um, And when they were obviously coaching and managing for their jobs. But, especially if you look at this roster top to bottom, if you say, oh, we're going to start playing the less heralded guys or the younger guys... I don't think there's necessarily a large drop-off in talent for most of them. And in fact, um, so like you mentioned, 
Ifa too, right? By the time he gets in the lineup, he might be one of our best options talent wise. Like I, I, I just right don't, away. I just don't envision this being a oh we're bad and we're gonna tank out the rest of the season. Our team's existence, the roster as it's constructed, is a tank roster. I don't think it's gonna get much worse by playing different guys also on the roster. So what was your number? I mean, I just think it's my number was three. That's what you legitimately think. You think that we're going three and fourteen. I'm not saying it's wrong. Just you. That's what you think. You think we're going three and fourteen. Yeah, I mean, I was gonna say three or four, but I hate the or right because we asked for oh, one number. And, and you so, pick uh, one. I'll, I'll, I'll go on the lower end and say three. So I think that's a large. But gap. But if we got four, I wouldn't be like, oh my god, how? So three games to me is a large gap, especially on the low end. The difference of three wins and six is pretty large to me i think um although in a 17 game season you could also say it's just a couple bounces but three games a pretty large gap aj you had us at how many i'm gonna say four, four. okay so you guys are the either or since you guys ryan are the doesn't, three or four. You doesn't like the or comment i won't go five four or five i will say four so now matt yeah. who is the always sky is falling just because we're the lions and doesn't trust anything about this team, you've got to be on the low end as well, right? Oh, you're damn right. <laughs> I trust. Don't say two. I, I trust what they're building. I trust what they can become. For the future, that's not, fine. But we're not there yet. But, nowhere near it. Yeah, we're and talking about this season. I don't think. I don't think we have the correct pieces yet, and I think we need to keep losing to get more of those better pieces. And I, I'm with Ryan. I think we had three wins. I don't. I think we're starting. You know. Oh, and one, two, three, four, five, maybe six. I don't know if we're beating the Bengals or not. You know, like I said, the Bengals offensively can be very dangerous against us, uh, but they also have an, an offensive line issue that we can take advantage of. So it kind of comes down to that for me on that aspect. I think we beat the Eagles, and that's either our first or second win. Um, and after that, I think there's two more. And, you know, we might get the Bears on Thanksgiving, and we might get the Falcons on the road. But that's. I mean, th- there are no guaranteed like gimme wins on this schedule for us. No. Now, part of that is because we're inherently so awful at football, but it's also a product of a difficult schedule. But back to the awful us, Cincy at home, Eagles at home, for most of the NFL, their fan base is looking at those games as wins, and we don't have the luxury of doing that. No way, no how. Absolutely not. Um, we could easily lose both of those games. There's not a, a a game on the schedule that we should for sure win. In fact, there's probably two games on the schedule the whole season that we'll be favored in. But that doesn't mean we're going 0-16. I think those are even, the two. If those or even 2-15, two two. right? Because you win some games that you're not expected to win, no matter how awful you are, most of the time. In most most of the time, there, we, we had no 16th season. We know that it can happen, but it takes an incredible amount of unfortune, even if you're terrible, terrible, to lose every game that at is this not level. No, it would be misfortune. <laughs> what did I say? Unfortune. Oh, I thought I, I said unfortunate, did I not? No, you said unfortunate. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I misspoke. This is close enough. Um, okay, George. An unfortunate it, it, wouldn't it, it would the take you were saying. very poor luck to win two or less games, which none of you have us doing for sure, which is fine. But my point is, 
conceivably, we're not going to be favored in more than two games. I doubt it. So that doesn't mean mean, you're only going to win. You're going to win some games that you're not favored in. Every single one of us, even with three wins, pretty much says, yeah, we're going to win at least a game that we're not favored in. You look at even our 0-16 year, we have way more talent on our team now than we did back then. Look at our offensive line in comparison. Look at our quarterback in comparison. Like, it sounds crazy to say, like, we all poo-pooed on Goff, but what would Goff have been compared to what we had 0-16 year, right? We had Dan Orlovsky stepping out of the back of the end zone was probably our best quarterback that season. I mean, come on. So, you look at the talent on this team. was our starter that year? Was that Kitna? We had a few different starters. We had Orlovsky. Um, I don't think Kitna played any games that year. But he might have. Did Scott Hill play any games that year? Sean Hill. Sean Hill. Sean Hill. Jesus, Jesus. Yes. sorry. That's what I was S. Thinking. S. Hill. I was thinking he was the S. Hill. Close enough. Did McGraw Hill play games for S. Hill. Close enough. Um, the point is, we we are clearly better than that, and we probably have better coaching. We're hoping. I mean, God, please tell me we have better coaching. No, it was. I mean, they they're showing Orlovsky as our starter that year, really. And really. Kitna. Not the whole season though. And Culpepper. <laughs> oh yeah, Orlovsky yeah. started seven games. Kitna started four. Culpepper. Culpepper started five. All right, so that's what, it was a very mixed bag. We were all over the place. Three different quarterbacks started. I mean, almost a third of the season each. God, what I'm saying Christ. is, Orlovsky eight touchdowns, wise, eight picks. Kitna five touchdowns, five picks. Culpepper four touchdowns, six picks. It's official. Oh, you know who was our yeah, best quarterback? Fun. Drew Stanton, baby. One touchdown, no picks. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> you are goddamn right. Oh, my goodness. We, we So many guys throwing the ball the year. I remember when what he I'm was getting such a at big is, deal coming out of Farmington Hills Harrison. Yeah, my, I was, well, he was. My best in friend high school. Was brother played on the line for him. I was in high school. He was great in college. I was in high school like, with him. Like, That's I think. right. They started. They started four and zero, and he wasn't even game. that bad in the NFL. Like he <laughs> beat top ten Notre Dame. He had an NFL career, which is more than yeah, Drew has on that. He still has it. He still has an NFL career. But that's what I'm saying. Like he had a real career. Like it wasn't a flash in the pan career. Like it never amounted to great success. But he's getting paid to hold a clipboard for a long time and occasionally that's play. Right. You can't beat that. He's Chad yeah, Henney. Him and Brian Hoyer, baby. And Chad Henney. He, he a lot like Chad Henney, which I mean they came up at the same you. time. Um, and what I'm getting at is, we we talk about oh we're probably one of the worst teams in the NFL, if not the worst. But from a talent perspective, it can be way worse. Like we have some legitimate strengths, <laughs> some units that are very important. You laugh, but no, to I'm me, not laughing at that. Line, I was looking at the scores from that 0 and 8 year, 0 and 16 year. We lost to the Vikings twelve to ten. Like that was the closest we came. We almost that won was one. that was the safety game. That was the game. Is where that Orlovsky's safety zone. game? It's tough. Yep. Tough way to Thanks, lose. Thanks, Dan. Tough. <laughs> tough way to lose. But much better analyst than quarterback. He is a much better analyst. Very he? smart guy, though. Um, the point is that was bad. Zero and sixteen. We were the clear cut worst team in the NFL. We were just putrid. This team has talent, and some talent where it matters. Like. To me, is a singular unit. Offensive line is more important than any other unit in the sport. More than defensive line, Jesus. more than your secondary, more than your receivers. This is the most important unit. We might have a top five unit there. That's going to help you win some games. Not a lot, 
Why are you still looking because at this? I, I don't know. Avert your we eyes. We put up a hundred and close. Hang on. Close the tab. hundred and fifty-four yards of total offense against the Titans. That's it. One hundred thirty-one passing yards and twenty-three rushing yards. Buddy, that's, avert your eyes. Close the tab. That's so terrible. <laughs> close the tab. Get it. Just take it away. We are we are a far cry from that, uh, I want and that's a DVD why of that I, I don't I don't think we're gonna win just three games. We could. It wouldn't be shocking. What would be shocking is winning ten games. That would be shocking. Uh, but yeah. three games, three games, not shocking. Um, and if this staff can get anything out of our defense, anything, they're not gonna be that awful. Not gonna be good. Not gonna be that awful. I mean, I I feel I don't feel good about anything for this team. But I think six is a good number. I think that is a fair number. And I think you guys at three is really some wishful thinking and also kind of selling what we're starting to build short. I mean, we are just starting to build it, though. How is that selling it short? So you say that we're just starting to build it, but we're talking about, at least I am, and I, I don't think many people would disagree, we expect to have a very good offensive line. We only added one offensive lineman this offseason. That's something that was starting to be built a long time ago. Right? That's something that's been in the works, and we have added probably a Pro Bowl caliber player to it, and we have are bumping some guys inside that couldn't cut it on the outside, and you have guys getting older and more experienced and better, like our center, Ragnow. That what that didn't happen overnight. We didn't just start building that. We're gonna have a very good unit because of the groundwork that's been laid, and then we added to it and moved it around a little bit. Jared Goff isn't uh, he, he's fresh to the Lions, but he's a seasoned NFL quarterback at this point, right? Sure. He is. I mean, not necessarily a good one, but he's <laughs> right. a seasoned he's NFL a seasoned quarterback. NFL quarterback. It's, he's not a it's good gone one, but he's a all the way one. to the Super Bowl. And listen, I. I hope the Lions are terrible this year, and I hope Goff has one of the worst seasons we've ever seen on Tercenter. Because one, that's I'm full team tank. I'm absolutely full team tank. And I, I want people to understand what they had in Stafford. And that you can add a quarterback that went to a freaking Super Bowl and it be a massive drop-off. Like the average idiot fan needs that and deserve it, absolutely. I'm honestly scared that because of how good our offensive line is, or can be, let me say can be, because we don't know, right? We're doing a lot of projecting. We feel like we have the most important positions filled with good players, but Taylor Decker could regress again because he's been up and down. He had a good season last year, but he he could take a step back. You don't know what you're going to get out of a rookie, and then your guards could technically be a disaster. But projection-wise... I think, and many people think, it's going to be a very good unit. And if that happens, and if your run game's good like it should be, and if your coaching's not completely incompetent like it's been for the last decade of Lions fandom, Goff could put up a decent season. Except for the Caldwell years. Was extra incompetent. It was more incompetent because they wasted talent. The Patricia years were much less disappointing because by the time Patricia rolled in, Quinn started brooming all the talent we had. And he just created a catastrophe of a roster. Caldwell had all the talent in the world to work with. Literally a Super Bowl-built roster. And they you just... You understand I said that bloop. facetiously, and you still continue to well, defend your point. So, 
So, so you know, you know that I have very like just a handful of very clear triggers. I do in Caldwell's I, name. I, Caldwell's I name. One of those triggers. I do understand you, that. You can't every time. It's never gonna not work. You're gonna get a response every time. So, so Paul, your your nightmare is the Lions play really well this year, make the playoffs, and win a playoff game, and then all the Stafford haters out there gone. Go, ah, <laughs> oh ah, my he's god, never couldn't do it. So I. Can you imagine? Oh my god. <laughs> Paul's head would explode. Paul's head how fast he would invalidate. <laughs> I don't know if I would continue podcasting. <laughs> I don't think you would be alive like. I don't know if physically. Yeah, I mean, your I, head yeah, would I, literally oh explode. It's hard to cast when your head explodes. It is. It, it would be hard. That's. It's a severe injury. You could try pulling an Man. Ace Ventura and talking out your butt. The good thing is, I can't imagine it. But almost, it's crazy. I mean, this is just stupid. But like, if you think about, if every single possible thing went right for the Lions this year. Is it really that far fetched? So if you if you hit like the lottery of just everything going perfect, so if you you look at the defensive side of the ball where I think our biggest issues are going to be, and you see that we just grossly misuse these players, and Okuda takes a Darius Slay year two leap, and some of these players are a lot better than we thought, and Brad Holmes really nailed the draft, and most of these guys are ready to contribute now, and Ifa two comes on like. Uh, what's his name? Was it Jalen Johnson from Maryland for the Bears last year? Is that that's his name, right? Anybody? Yeah, yeah. I think that's his name. Um, if Ifa two is like Jalen Johnson, I think they picked him the same round, if I'm not mistaken. Um, if everything goes right, and then you have a really good coaching staff that brings the most out of them, and you have a a league average defense, like just average, like around 16, middle of the pack, right? And then your offensive line hits its ceiling. And it's like awesome. It's like the Cowboys offensive line from three years ago. And they're just bullying guys. So your run game is getting whatever yeah, they want. Swift's got like 1,350 yards rushing and another like 500 right? receiving. And then, and then Goff just has to manage the team just like he did the year the Rams went to the Super Bowl, right? And because our offensive line is so good, because they can't stop the run because we're chunking guys and they're covering guys out of the backfield – our receivers that aren't that good have enough time to get separation. Goth's dropping dimes because there's no pressure. Like, if everything went perfect, could they not win 11 games? Like, is it not possible? I, I mean, it's not going to happen. It means Rodgers went down with an injury. If, gonna get 11 if everything it went Cousins perfect. Went down with an injury. If everything came up Lions and Brad Holmes and, and Dan Campbell – this team has been the city of Baltimore <laughs> collapsed. Pittsburgh collapsed. Freaking Cleveland collapsed, which can happen. I'm just Seattle saying. Flooded. I guess the point that Rustling I'm trying down to make in week 15 is is all of these things we've talked about. How bad this team's going to be. What I am more certain of than th- that this team is going to be bad is how many uncertainties we have, how many unknowns there are about this team. There are so many things that we are just guessing about this team, and they will probably be bad. But whenever you have an unknown, there is a potential that it could be on the flip side. It could be a good thing, because you don't know yet. You have an idea, but we're just making educated guesses. It's not, we've had so much turnover and change on this team 
you can't definitively say very much at all. No, that's good actually. So how? So let, let's play the other side because we we play what we think they're going to win, and you know Ryan and I are at the bottom with three, AJ's at four. You're optimistic with six. Let's go high side. I don't. What is is the, that really what is, optimistic? Is. <laughs> what is the most? The most you think the Lions can win this year? Eleven. I said it. Like if everything and I not I, you play a season a thousand times and you're lucky if it happens once. But if every single thing went right. Your young kids are ready to play now and are really good, better than expected. Some of your guys like Okuda take a step forward, whether it's just because it's their next year in the season or they're healthy or the previous coaching staff suck. You get great coaching. Your offensive coordinator actually calls plays that make sense for the personnel he has in this situation in the game. Your defensive coordinator is able to limit the damage even if they don't have the most talent. If all that topped out and Aaron Rodgers gets traded to not the Broncos, I, you could win 11 games, right? Like, so you're, you're, even if everything goes right, say you're losing to the best teams. You're losing to San Fran. You're losing to Baltimore. You're losing to the Rams. You're losing to Cleveland. But if everything goes right, you're probably beating Pittsburgh, right? I mean, everything goes um, right. San Fran starts off horribly, you know, and freaking Jimmy G goes out with even, another injury. Even, even if you want to throw Seattle in that mix, which if everything goes right, isn't a guaranteed loss. But even if you throw Seattle in that mix, okay, so you got five guaranteed losses. That leaves 12 possible wins. I mean, it, it's not. And I don't I don't even feel comfortable if everything's going right saying Seattle's a guaranteed loss. Like, no game should ever be a guaranteed loss for an NFL team, no matter how bad you are. So it's like... It sounds crazy, and I'm not I'm not advocating for it, but if you wanted to talk about a ceiling, I think 11 is a realistic ceiling if every single thing goes perfect. You clearly forget those games against Peyton Manning and the Colts and Tom Brady and the Pats for guaranteed losses. <laughs> saying no saying no game should be a guaranteed loss. Well, listen, we don't have a Tom Brady Pats from 08 on the schedule. Or 07? What year did they go 16 uh, 07. 07. 07. Yeah. So 08 was the castle year. Yeah, 08 eight was eight was the year that I won a fantasy league playing pickup quarterback because Brady went down week one. But as tough as the schedule is, there's not a team like that on it. So if, we, we think San Francisco is going to be really good. They're healthy, but uh, let's be real. They just lost their defensive coordinator, who's maybe the best in the whole NFL. And they were picking, granted, I mean, Green Bay much did, just, did just host the NFC Championship. Well, we think Green Bay might lose their quarterback, right? Right, if they don't. <laughs> yeah, I, um, guess I, I feel with, with I, I, Rogers disgruntled. I guess there's no chance for that either way. I mean, I I feel comfortable that 11 wins is the ceiling if everything were to go right, and I don't think I think less than that is kind of not understanding the concept of the question. I think I think realistically their ceiling is like eight. You're talking about if they draft everybody they drafted became all pros. That's not what I said. Stop it. It's close though. That's not at all what I said. <laughs> Verbatim. I said I said if Ifa two can give us a Jalen Johnson rookie season. Jalen Johnson wasn't heralded coming out. We got we got play. we got NFL evaluators saying that Ifa two is gonna be a superstar. I mean, come on. I'm not even going yeah, that game, far. Game one is what they said. Give me Jalen Johnson. They said, well, they said put him right on Debo Samuel. And you said Okafor making a, a, a year two leap. Okuda? 
I said what I said. It's not funny. It's not funny. That's just painful. What did you say, Matt? I didn't even catch it. I said, I said Okafer. Oh. <laughs> said Quintus Cephas becomes Torello. <laughs> no, we don't even need his bum ass. De- DeAndre Swift, Barry Sanders. Amon Ra actually is an Egyptian god. Catches everything in sight. <laughs> he, can eat. he can shape shit. <laughs> that man turned into an eagle. I mean, I mean, you laugh, but I, I mean, he's the perfect slot for the way this team's built. There's not a oh, I, better run blocking receiver in the draft. I love that he was still there and that we actually took him. Unlike with JOK, there, there was there wasn't a better run blocking receiver in the draft, and he'll he'll probably be upper echelon NFL run blocking receivers from hey. like the moment he's on the field. You give me a you give me a light version of Heinz Ward, I'm happy. Oh, stop! Don't say that. Now you're too far. He doesn't have the requisite athleticism to even say that. I said a light version. version. I know what you said. He doesn't have it. Although it's a far cry from drafting four sevens like Bob Quinn. It's skill positions. Yeah, I was looking at ten. You said eleven. I I I was thinking. I'm going through the to the the actual schedule and i was like yeah you know everything breaks the right way i can see us with 10 wins but like it's not insane (laughs) but you it's just it speaks to me it speaks to the unknowns about this team and someone's gonna listen to this probably don and he's gonna be like oh my god you guys aren't cracked you think the lions are winning double digit games no one's saying that nobody's saying that we said he said we start start the show there are more unknowns about this team than most in the nfl and, well, and, you see and unknowns about year. opponents too. Uh, also true, but for sure. I mean, unknowns about our and divisional you see every opponents. Every year, you know, we don't know what the Bears are going to be. Why flops every year? Teams come out of nowhere every uh, year. Now, I don't think we're going to be that team, and I, I honestly hope we're not. And it sounds like, why are you rooting against your team? Uh, a, we need a long-term quarterback, which means we need a high draft pick, and. I mean, we've, we've talked about this ad nauseum. Oh, that would just that just adds to Paul's misery if the Lions go on and win this year and win a playoff game, and now Jared Goff is our long-term quarterback. The, the only way I would be okay is if we won a Super Bowl. <laughs> like, if you can do the literal impossible and deliver a Super Bowl, like at that point, it's like, whatever, Giants. we won the Super Bowl. Like, I'd, well, I guess this is happening. The Lions are going to be a goddamn dynasty, I guess. Like, I my head throw my arms. Like, That's right. Jared Goff coming in like Kawhi. Oh. Rushing out DeMar, Matthew Stafford, DeRozan. Oh, you stop it. Oh, what is wrong with you? No, it's all right. I, I was – Ryan said earlier, early on in the podcast how massive of a drop-off it was between quarterbacks for the Lions, so I'm, I'm cool. He can talk all the crap he wants now. He let the truth slip once, and I'm I'm good with that. I meant for the backups. We lost we lost Driscoll. AJ, you're the only one. Give we us our ceiling. You haven't given us a ceiling. Our ceiling. I mean, obviously, if Paul, everything if, breaks if everything right. Everything breaks right, and 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 teams come out of nowhere. I, I tend to go on the higher side with you guys. Like, I mean, Aaron Rodgers gets traded to you know wherever. And we don't play him this year. You know, Justin Fields takes over by week four and we beat the Bears twice because I think he's terrible. Um, Minnesota Vikings, Kirk Cousins kind of forgets how to throw a football. Or just fumbles when he's hit because that's what he does. Like, 
you know, Big Ben gets a noodle arm. You know, the Browns struggle. I, I definitely think that you get up there, like you said. I, I 11 seems really high, though. Like, I probably wouldn't go higher than 9, all things breaking right for us. So we got a sweet 8, 9, 10, 11 on the upper echelon for this yeah, team. Yeah, I wouldn't, that's fine. I wouldn't I mean, we're go not, higher than th- nine. This is I can't. This is just more of a fun exercise because sure. I mean, we already have it on tape. Matt says three wins. Ryan says three wins. You say four wins, AJ. I, I have us at six wins this season. None of us have us winning even getting close to 500, right? Like not even close right. to 500. Right. So – it's not like any of us have expectations for this team. And I, I want that to be the last thing on here so that it's exceptionally clear. We'll start and finish with it. I don't want anybody thinking that we think we're going to think this team's going to win a lot of games. Just something interesting to discuss. Matt asked about it. Speaking of interesting to discuss, Matt, for no reason at all, you want to discuss playoffs. Playoffs? Do you, playoffs are we still doing playoffs. that? Playoffs? Are we still doing that? about playoffs? Are we still doing that? I mean, it should be brought up. It's the playoffs, should it not? It's is it the playoffs? Uh, yes. The literally the game one of the NHL Stanley Cup playoffs is this weekend. Yeah, this but Saturday, half of this podcast can't tell you the teams that are in that nope. playoff. Oh dear God! Without Google, half. I, I'm actually not sure if all of us, any of us, could name all the teams in the NHL playoffs without looking. Oh, I know I couldn't. I mean, none of y'all? No one? Really? No, I haven't. Can you? Without looking? Really? I mean, there's a few teams you can guess for sure in the playoffs. That's not what I said. I said all of them. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, nobody's perfect. (laughs) (laughs) That's what I thought. And they're not all Um, set yet either. Like, we're, like, they're right around the corner, and still we don't know in the Pacific Division if it's the Avalanche or the Golden Knights that are winning the division. One of them is playing the Blues in the first round. The other is playing the Wild in the first round. We still don't know which is which yet. Yeah, well, so that's the thing. The spots are locked. The spots are right? locked except for, the yeah, so this one, the Blues know they're going the on the seeds, road. The, the seeds Wild are not know locked. they're going on the road. But the Wild and the Blues but the, don't know that's if it, they're though. going to Colorado. The seeds are not locked. We have the teams, though. Yes. Um, I mean, really. In, shocker I, you alert! Can Red Wings are not in the playoffs. I I, I would like to do a new what, thing after twenty five years. <laughs> oh, this is probably the last time Ryan's seen a hockey game. Um, I, I would like to do something new where we have the option to abstain from discussions that we don't feel like we have the requisite knowledge Fine. to participate in. So Matt, oh go no, ahead I'm not saying that. Go on your monologue. <laughs> nope, no monologue. Hold on, I was. I hate monologues. I. I'm, I am going to pick a cup winner, actually. You don't even know who's in the playoffs. <laughs> what, right. What kind, what kind of statement is that after the sentence you yeah. just said? Paul, that was ridiculous. I predict a hockey team have the requisite knowledge, winning the Stanley Cup playoffs. I got the champion. Listen, listen. The eighth seed, no matter who they are, is not beating the Pittsburgh Penguins. I, it doesn't matter to me. It's sure. not, I don't know that. Actually, it's not even. What? This is hockey. Eight seeds have done plenty in hockey. Although it's not even eight seeds anymore. No, they've, yeah, they've broken it up the way they've done it now. Which I hate. It's like there's two one it's, seeds and two four seeds. It's just the idea of it. It's Well, they made regions. It's like March Madness. It's weird. Um, 
But obviously, the the worst four seed, which is the eight seed, gets the number one team. Um, so I'm pretty sure the Penguins are the true number one over the Hurricanes, right? Pretty sure. Sure. <laughs> that sounds good. You sound quite questionable with your pretty sure's. Yeah, the the Hurricanes don't even have more wins than the Knights. Uh, and and yes. and I believe you are actually incorrect. Oh, are Carolina they? Carolina the has more points than Pittsburgh. Oh, points! Oh, we're going to win. Oh, yep. See? Which would make I Carolina mean, the overall number one. I did know. East. I just forgot. But I just forgot. And then I... Vegas or Colorado for the yep. West. Gotcha. Well, shows what I know. Ball went like dead silent. No, I was just, I was just thinking. I don't know. Where do you want to take the ho- hockey he's, talk? It's going to be he, short. Regardless. He was ready to give you his champion after. <laughs> well, I got the team wrong. No, we don't. Got, we don't have to. It's fine. We can move on. AJ, how are how are our Tigers doing? Tigers are on a four game win streak, man. Yeah, just swept the Kansas City Royals. Is just that the second time? Roy- was no, it? We, we got three out of four. The was first it time. last? We got swept by the Royals. It was last night or the night before. It was quite wild because we oh, blew a right. large lead. Yeah, Joe Jimenez. We blew a large lead, but then, then, magic. I, they're using Fulmer in a closing role, which you new guys know. I've been talking. It's about what you begged for. for uh, it's what you begged it's for. A great idea. Wait, where, where's like, Dylan? Where's Dylan to bitch about his team with the best percentage in baseball right now? Yeah, he's... Best win percentage? If there's anybody that overreacts faster than Dylan, I have not met them in my lifetime. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, goodness gracious, man. And the best You want to hear something incredible? So I, I think this is incredible to me. Maybe you guys think it's dumb, but for me, it's like my fun fact of the day. The Royals have lost 11 straight games. Now, this is a three-parter, okay? The, the Royals have lost 11 straight games. That's a lot. Just Didn't so they also win like 10 tally, straight at one point earlier? They were 16-9 and nine before this. They were like looking like a good baseball team. Now, not so much. So they've lost 11 straight. The Tigers, as AJ said, have won four straight. The Royals are still three games ahead yep. of the Tigers. So wild to me. And it's not like we're still, we're early in the season. So like losing 11 straight, it's early in the season. It's not like you've played 100 games. You've played 30 games. You know what I mean? It's it's a wild stat. It was wild to me. It was like, it was earlier this week from looking at the Dodgers record. And I was like, wait, what? They were 14 and four at one point. And then they went like five and 14 after that. Yeah. Freaking stupid. It's It's been rough. And it's it's been got not a little a bit back on track them. recently, winning a couple games, but yeah, they're, this is why they've been this strong. is why you can't shorten the baseball season. You don't get these swings if you shorten it. Well, what? it's been thirty some games. I know, what do you great. mean? And we get to, we've had wild we swings in thirty some games. I how many did I? I think it was like one hundred and sixteen was like my ideal. I don't remember. I'd have to crunch the numbers for. It was somewhere around there. Well, you're like really good at doing that in like hundreds. two minutes, so why don't you go ahead and do it? No, that I can't do. There's too, <laughs> many, there's too many variables, and I'd have to remember the home and aways and how many division games I wanted. Like, I'd have to think about it. It's not as simple. 
it would that would take me like 10 minutes more than instead of two. AJ, there haven't been any COVID cancellations, yet, right? No, but Fernando Tatis Jr. just tested positive. Well, in so fact, I'm trying to figure out why the it, Phillies have played 38 games and the Mets have played 31 games. Oh. Uh, Schedule court seven game uh, difference. That's a lot of game difference this early in the season. Yeah, but rain outs. Rain, um, rain outs. I know the cold when, weather. Um, who'd you say the Mets? The Mets and the yeah, Phillies. The Mets are eighteen and thirteen. The Phillies are twenty and eighteen. I mean, I know that um, you had like when the Derek Chauvin case was going on. Like there were some games canceled that day, around that time. Um, what? Why? Uh, let's not yeah. get this into this Min- podcast. Was, this isn't Minnesota? No, well, like, Minnesota didn't play their games those days. Or that day. And who were they, they playing? They were playing the they, Red they were, Sox, I think, if I'm not mistaken. But I don't know if that happened in other cities as well. Um, I, I don't... I thought something else happened in Minnesota. Like, that person that got shot in their car. Or yeah. Something. Or is it that, that girl that got shot? I don't... Micaiah Bryant? Yeah, I don't remember. I think something happened. I don't no, think that it was, was in Ohio. Because at Ryan. least in like in the NBA, it, like if the Chauvin verdict went the other way, then they were going yeah. to do it. But I think something happened. But I, I think there's a lot going on in Minnesota that, like I know, I know that the Boston Red Sox and the Twins had a game postponed because of it. But I, I don't, I don't know why you would have unless it was, you know, like Paul said. Uh, schedule quirks or like them playing in towns that would require like rain delays or snow outs or whatever. I mean, it's early, it's early stuff happens at the end of the season. You know, some teams might have more built in off days at the beginning of the season. I, I mean, generally it's Monday and Thursday are the, the off days that you, you get with baseball. So I don't know why you'd have a seven game difference, but I mean, I don't think that there's a lot of, like, reason to get up in arms about a seven-game difference right now. It'll, it'll all even out. I, I I couldn't tell you a good reason as to why. Um, I just... They just yeah, I was just wondering if you knew something for why there was that big of a discrepancy. But I don't, I don't think there's been, like, a COVID outbreak. I mean, that's a week and a half's worth of games, you know, that's been missing all of a sudden for the Mets. Yeah. Um, I do. I do have a slight disappointment, and I want to know if you're concerned uh, about. Hold it, on AJ, one second. On the so their opening series, three game series, was postponed this year, Matt, against the Nationals because of COVID. So there's okay. th- there's three so games early on, and then April 16, April 16 against the Rockies was postponed. So there's four games. There you go. There's your seven. No. One game against the Rockies, so that's four. <laughs> Three plus one oh, equals sorry. four. Nope. That's I know <laughs> I math. The whole series. Math is hard. And then you just got. They probably just Very. had three more off days. Then oh no, they had a, a game postponed against the Cardinals. So there's five. Um. Yeah, I can come up with five. So maybe they've they've had two more off days. Wait. No, that doesn't that doesn't make sense either because they made up that game the next day in a doubleheader. So I I see four days that they haven't made up. 
So they just must have three off days with those four days that have been postponed. So that's the quick answer. Ryan, you see Mike Wilbon's being inducted into the Naismith Hall of Fame? No, I didn't. Go for him, though. Yeah, right? Oh, Even man. if he is from Chicago. They've had a, they've had a rough style. schedule so far. Who? The Mets. One, two, three, four, five of their first two weeks' worth of games were postponed. Imagine if it involved a team that people actually cared about. And then they also got... Oh, my goodness. And then they got postponed... Rude. They got postponed twice in the Philly series, but that wouldn't really work with our what we're talking about here because that would affect the Phillies too. Crazy. Yeah, and the Mets have not been that good. Francisco Lindor got paid and then forgot to hit the baseball. <laughs> the, the, uh, the NL East in general has not been that good. No, it has not. Which is entertaining for so you know, all the fans, you know, to be like, who the hell's going to win this damn division? Yeah, the Braves, for, you know. the Braves will rise to the top, though. I freaking hope so. They will. Cream rises to the top. Yeah, so, AJ, I, I'm curious. I, I want to know if you have any concern going forward. We talked a lot in the beginning of the season about the path that the Tigers are on. And... A lot of that involved the pitching that we have, both in our system, on our team, coming mm-hmm. up. And I don't you, – you can't be – I think it would be ridiculous to be disappointed with the losses that the Tigers have piled up this season because it's expected. We didn't expect to win games. I have no problem being bad this season. It's not a big deal. But the pitching, and some of it – young some of it that we hope will be a big part of our future when we're contending has been very underwhelming there has not been there's definitely been more negative spots than bright spots among our expected pitching this year to me absolutely two huge ones yeah but do you go ahead do you think these are young issues that are going to work out and are nothing to be concerned of do you have actual reasons that you think that they might stick with them and they may be ineffective at this level? Or are you in a, wow, this could really set us back mode? Um, not in the last one, for sure. Um, I think that with Scooble and Mize, it's just a matter of like a little bit of a sophomore slump kind of thing. Like I, I wouldn't really worry about those two. Um, they're both effective. the The thing that concerns me the most is why is our player development so bad? That's what concerns me the most with the Tigers. You know, like, and I think that it's really gonna the rubber's really gonna meet the road when Torkelson and Green come up, and if they don't produce like they're expected to produce, then the organization really has to look at their player development because it may be among the worst in baseball. Now I have a follow-up to that then. We just replaced our whole staff this year. Not not Dave Littlefield in the player development. In in the minor, in minors, 
the miners obviously is not completely overturned. But a lot of these guys, so Mize was up part of last year, and he's been up mm-hmm. this year. And we effusive in our praise for Chris Fetter, sure. our pitching coach, I mean, right? and Mize has been good. I mean, his last three outings has gone six innings, and he's – I mean, Mize is – Mize is getting better. There's no doubt about that. He is getting better, and he and he's been up and down. And but he's Scooble young. Had he's a, a really, really young nice pitcher. In um, last time out, like he's getting better too. There's plenty to be encouraged there, especially with those two because they have tools. They have tools that a lot of pitchers right. don't have. Mize especially just has an arsenal. Not necessarily he's going to blow you away with a hundred mile an hour gas with movement, but he has the sure. arsenal. The five plus pitches right that he can well used to consistently be able to have complete command of and that is what i've personally noticed in the games that i've watched when he has struggled is what's really hurt him is he hasn't had that yeah but i think that and it starts to get away from him growing pains like i i I, and and i and that's why I i think that's growing pains personally i like the guy knows how to pitch. I mean, he's not. It's not like he got up here and forgot how to locate a fastball. He just he's got to get some innings under his belt. Is in what I would what I would say regarding development, and it's something that I think is not not that it's pressing or that we can hold off on it. But I'm not super concerned with it right now because, as I said, so we turned over a whole major league mm-hmm. staff this year. There is development once you get to the majors. It doesn't all happen at the minor league level, right? And I think that that major league development, not that it's the only thing that matters, but I think it's arguably more important, and I trust the guys that we have in place there. On top of that, especially if guys aren't developing, and you are 100% right, you are spot on, that the talent that we've had coming in has not borne out the results that you'd expect. And I would think even if you put it to a litmus test and use actual numbers, because we all know prospects are prospects for a reason, mm-hmm. right? They're not ready, ready major league talent that has been established talent for X mm-hmm. amount of years, whatever. It's not You're not trading for Ian Kinsler from the Rangers that you know is going to be a really right. good player. You're trading for unknowns that you think that had the tools to produce down the road. But there's a hit rate on if you're your fifth ranked guy or your – 150th ranked guy like they're gonna hit at this rate i would bet anything that if you were to evaluate us based on that we would be way down the list on our hit rate because of our player development and i agree with that 100 percent. but there's the two reasons i'm not panicking about that yet and i'm not saying you are i guess but in almost maybe reassuring myself a little bit one i think it's really important development at the major league level and i think we have the right guys in place for that but furthermore, if things don't start trending up real fast, I think Alavila is out of a job, which Morosi. I think is – I don't give a two bleeps about JP suck me. Seriously? Avila is I, – I, listen, I, I don't buy – I do not – And I'm telling you. I do not buy the Chris Illich is just going to be hands-off forever with this team. And in the hiring of AJ Hinch to me – Shows me a level of we care and we have expectations. Okay, so we know they're not going to happen overnight. But how long are you going to let this yeah, team go? So let me let's talk about that for a second. Avila, according to John Paul Morosi, probably has a year plus left. 
is what Morosi said this last week. But what are the... So probably a year plus. That's very ambiguous and not very detail-oriented. What are the marks for that? So what is... Why probably? So obviously this is not concrete. In a year plus, what is it? So are there benchmarks that he gets more time if this is going on? He's canned if this happens. Like... What what is that's very it, ambiguous. It, to it me. is ambiguous. A lot of it was, um, you know, of course, Illich likes to decry the pandemic and all of that, but oh yeah. my god. Um, but there's they want to give Al the time to let the farm system he's built get to the major league. And see if it. Works. I mean, he's been here forever. Sure, but all of his prospects are the 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 people that he's traded for. The draft picks. I think it's specifically the draft picks. It's Riley Green and Torkelson. When they get up, if they're not making noise and the team's still bad, then it's time to move on from Alavila. I mean, how many whiffs do you need to see well, though? When you look I, at the Verlander trade, so we just released well, Franklin that was, Perez, right? Yeah, but when you that was clerical. He was released to get him off of the 40-man roster. He'll still be in our system. But he has oh, been yeah. a bust, yes? That's you, not unfair. you know how many That whole trade in the Detroit Tigers organization since that trade in 2017? Well, I know he hasn't logged like any since 19. But, um, 20, 20, 27. Oh, my goodness. 27 innings. I mean, that's just abhorrent. Now, some of that stuff's out of your control, right? Like, you can't control that a guy has nagging injury sure. after nagging injury. But you have had an incredible asset, and you were tasked with trading mm-hmm. him, and you got zero in return at this point. Yeah. Zero. Legitimately zero. What did, what did we get in return for a guy well, who got went a catcher on to that they win a Cy Young and start? Well, I mean, he's hitting 113 what, or something. Listen. <laughs> what have I told you? What have I, I that's always fair. told you I know, about I know. major league hitters? I don't disagree. You've I don't disagree. You've got to give them a two seasons worth of at bats, but it's hard to give Jake Rogers these at bats because they keep putting Griner in there. Like they brought up Eric Haas when when Griner got hurt, and instead of like going, okay, Rogers, it's yours, like. Take it, Haas is your backup. They got Haas starting today. Now Haas had a really nice game today, but it's just one of those things. that's like, do they just not trust Jake Rogers? Is he just? Are they kind of giving up on the three assets that we got for Justin Verlander? I mean, the fact that Kyle Tucker did not come back from the Astros in that Justin Verlander deal is a huge was a huge red flag. It was a travesty. Huge red flag. It, it, it was a travesty that, that you could not Daz pull them. Cameron might still be able to be serviceable, but I don't... I mean, he's not going to be... None of these guys are going to be the caliber of player that you would expect to get in a return for Justin Verlander. It, and I and I get that there were circumstances surrounding the trade and that it, you weren't going to be able to get a complete, complete why? ransom. But, but at the time... Why couldn't? What were the circumstances surrounding the trade? We misplayed our well, hand. Of course, he's misplayed everyone our knew, hand. Every everyone trade. knew. <laughs> everybody knew 
that we were moving him, that we had no intention on retaining him. And that, it hurts. It hurts a lot. And again, another misstep by Avila, mm-hmm. right? But at the end of the day, that's what happened. And that's what we have to deal yeah. with. So it sucks. It sucks a lot. But that's on Avila. And that's a problem. That's a roster construction issue. And you blew an opportunity to get a Kyle Tucker. I would agree. And instead, you got, for your arguably best asset that you had, what is amounted to a big fat zero. Mm-hmm. There is not, especially, I mean, most of what Avila has done to the positive for building our farm system has just been a product of us sucking and him not completely blowing it by not doing the obvious right. things. So, how much credit can you give him for that? Well, you know where I stand on him. Like, like if you were to ask me why I have a little bit more faith in Brad Holmes going forward, it's not because he drafted Panay Sewell. It's because of what he did in the later rounds, right? Mm-hmm. Like, a, a possibly generational talent falling to you doesn't mean you're great at your job. I agree. So, I, I don't... You never know what owners are going to do. I know that late age, Daddy Illich would not have stood for no. it, but but it, I I can't pretend to say what so, Chris is going to do. I just can't see Avila being here without major improvement. Uh, I was actually the board. talking to a buddy of mine who's closer to the organization. Um, he works at the stadium. He's around. He he knows people there and all that. And he just I I said what like. We were talking today about it, and he goes, I never see Chris at the ballpark. If he were to sell one, he cares more about the wings than he does about the Tigers. Whereas dad was a little bit of the other way around. He cared more about the Tigers than he did the wings, even though he spent pretty well on the wings and and won more with them. Um, See, now... That's probably why, because right. the Leagues kept winning, and the, t- the Tigers for a long time. Right, but, but, so but, here, like, but here's the thing, thing that, that like, this kind of thought that came to me when I was talking to him is, you look at everything that kind of Chris Illich has put his name on, right? District Detroit, um, the Tigers, and now the Red Wings, <laughs> and all the parking lots that exist within Detroit city limits at this point. And it's like... He's, he's never done it to the standard that his dad has. So why would we expect him to run the Tigers like his dad did? You know what I'm saying? The best thing that could so I, the I best think, thing that could happen for the Tigers is for him to sell them. I mean, I don't want you running the Tigers, really. I just want you to fire well, me. Yeah, but... <laughs> that, let that person run that's the thing. But this like, is the thing. I, I, I think I Chris think... Illich goes, Al, this is how much money you had to spend. I, I, I Like... Look, I, I don't think Al's great at his job, but I also don't think that Al has had an open playbook either through this rebuild. It's been like, hey, rebuild for cheap. Like, if, if we're going to, well, like, you know what I'm saying? That's the right way to rebuild, though. Like, there's no reason to spend money right now. But five years in? I mean, I... There's Again, no reason look, why this rebuild. Well, it, there's no reason. Depends on where your roster. But, construction but where is. our roster was at with the pieces that we had, there was no reason this rebuild should have taken this long. Well, and that's on a view. Sure. 
But was Chris willing to eat money, or did he have to take a lesser trade because? Well, we were. You know what I'm saying? We weren't ready to contend, and, and saying, I don't see the point of eating money I'm, if you're not going to contend. Yeah, but but if you think about like, you're not telling me that you could have eaten, you know, like a portion of Justin Upton's contract to get a better suitor for the pro, like a better prospect. Well, you, you see what I'm saying, right? So like, I, I get you hundred like percent. So that's hundred percent. Ian Kinsler, right? When we traded Kit, yeah, it's not not necessarily spending. It's not necessarily spending in free agency, but like to yeah. get those better pieces yeah. back. Like, yeah. like okay, like you know, even I'm trying to think of who had like, um, like even like a Zimmerman or even like Shane Green, right? Like. Those guys like Castellanos. Castellanos is a perfect example. Why would you not like sweeten the deal, benefit the other team financially in a sense, to then say, okay, but if I'm doing this, you're giving me this. I I think it's a big stretch to assume that Chris wouldn't do that. I'm not saying that that's like we don't know, but I I think that's a little every, much. I, I don't see every indication. Like if it walks like a duck and it talk and it and it quacks like a duck, it's a duck. And every time that we talk about the team and all of this with Chris Illich, it is that idea of he he's he's aloof. He has no idea what's going on day to day, and he's only concerned about the bottom line. So I would have no reason to believe other than the fact that he has just said, this is the budget, don't spend outside this, and try to build a winner. But if you don't, it's not that big of a deal. Because I would be, so I would be 100% people still on buy my pizza. you had he not went out and got A.J. Yeah, Hinch. Paul, he didn't go out and get A.J. Hinch. A.J. Hinch fell in our lap. You can't credit him, like you just said, for a great manager falling in your lap. If the White Sox offer A.J. Hinch that job, A.J. Hinch is not the manager of the Detroit Tigers. So to me, it's a lot different than a draft pick. And the reason I say that is because you can't just grab him. It's not like you have a bunch of managers that are on the board and teams are taking them off the board and you're just picking the best available. You have to go out and actively say, okay, this guy won a World Series. He comes with this price tag. It's going to be an expensive staff that he's putting together. He could have easily went out and tried to swipe an up-and-comer on the cheap. Go get, go make the mistake Dombrowski did and go get... Uh, oh, my goodness. I hate him so much. I, yeah, uh, Brad Ausmus. Um, I hate, hate him so much I couldn't even think of his name for a minute. And he didn't do that. So to me, it's it says that he cares enough. And the stuff about not being there all the time, like, I mean, it's a bad team. I wouldn't want to watch them all the time either. I'm the owner. Like, I, I know that they're bad. I, I I can read a box score and talk to my coaches and kind of figure out what's going on. You know what I mean? Like, it's, I'm the owner. I'm not making day-to-day decisions on who we're calling up and no, who's getting traded. You know you what I mean? Like, I, I don't need to... Exactly. I don't need to be there every day to evaluate it. It's a bad product. I don't want to sit and watch this team. I have a lot of other things to do with my time. Um, so I don't fault him on that. 
I, I mean, hell, if I was the general manager, I wouldn't want to watch this team every day. Uh, really. I mean, it's not, uh, it hasn't been a lot of fun, um, especially when the young guys that you're hoping really break through haven't exactly done that a ton. So uh, I, I don't know. I don't know what to expect. I just think in my mind that Avila's had plenty of time. I agree. And that while we talked about being on track, Avila could have done b- better in a lot of situations. And I don't see a lot of positive no. that Avila's done that anybody else wouldn't yeah. have done. Like, I don't see any. What are the shrewd moves that Avila's made that not everyone would have made? And so, when, and, and there are missteps. So, when you take a lack of shrewd moves with what to me have been some clear missteps, yeah. at that point, how long do you let him let this thing go? <laughs> and, and you talk about money, not wanting to put money into it. Listen. When this team sucks like this, they're not generating nearly as much income as they could no. be, right? And this isn't this isn't the NFL where we're uh, Mother Russia. We just share with everybody. We're it's it's communist, right? Like everyone gets the same paychecks from the league. That's not how it works in MLB. You make what your team makes. If your payroll's three hundred million and, and you make two hundred fifty million, you lost fifty million dollars a year. Not including, obviously, nitpick merchandise and whatnot. But you understand what I'm saying. Like, if you put a better product out there, you're going to put more butts in seats. More merchandise is going to move. You're going to have playoff games to fill your your stadium with. If you can get this team better faster, you're going to make more money. Even if you have to spend more money on getting the right guys here and building out the rest of the roster. So, so in that sense, though, I honestly... This is going to sound like a total douche thing to say. I really question Chris Illich's business acumen. I understand that he oversees a very large empire, but that is not his empire. And I really wonder how well I it's being... I to decide what new toppings to put on the pizza. But that's what I'm saying. I mean, they brought they brought back pretzel right? crust. So sure. I, Which I was doing pretzel crust, thin crust, and but like, do you think that he made that decision? Like, oh, the thin crust. Like, I don't. I, I just. I so really it, it question his. I give you. It, it's hard to evaluate his business acumen because we haven't seen and it a lot. The things, the decisions he's made, we're not really privy to. But I understand your doubts in that regard. That maybe he doesn't have the touch spoon, man. that his father yeah. did. But but. You would think, so he, he is in charge for a reason. And you would think that all the years that he <laughs> sat his last name behind, is watching. Right. Will you please? I, oh, my goodness. <laughs> you would think all the years that he sat and he watched his dad. And, and he's trying to learn, right? At Bro. this point, he has to. Because now he's, now he's the one calling the shots. So he has to have some sort of education in this. You would think that it's easy to look at the book's from the Tigers up to 03 and then look at the books post 03 and see the difference that winning makes even when spending goes up. Sure. Like it doesn't take business acumen to see that. And he was he had a he had a front row seat to that live. And even if he wasn't paying attention, if he's trying to figure this thing out, he should be able to look at that and see okay, this is this is how we did it. This is what happened and these are what the books looked like. I would think. Now, that's just me sitting at my desk at home. I'm not the one that gets to call the shots. I'm not the one who had a billionaire daddy. But I I would think that it's not that far-fetched to think that he could understand that and say, listen, 
I don't want to spend a lot of money right now, but at the same time, I don't want to be bad forever because it's better when I'm when we're good. That, that's just me sitting at my desk. That's my thought. Yeah, I, I don't just, know. I just don't know how much he cares, to be honest with you. I mean, so then if he doesn't care, don't you think he will sell the team would, in the near future? I would hope so. Because I don't think if it's something you don't care about. I mean, William Clay and then it, the Lions it, for thirty years. Yeah. So I, I think right. it's, it's I so it's, it's, it's in the will, baby. There is a difference. Myself. There is a difference between incompetence and not caring. The Fords to me are just incompetence. I don't think that they ever were proud of their garbage product at any point. They were just incompetent and they didn't know how to fix it. And um Granddaddy Ford had way too much, way too much loyalty for positions that are not loyalty-based. So that obviously, we don't need to relitigate the Lions' awful past that we are all in agreement on. I don't, if Chris Illich really doesn't care that much, there's not a lot of sense to him continuing to own the team. Own the team. And it, it is, is it the hot thing in Detroit. Most year? fans, at this rate, it's probably more headache than money. I mean, I I don't know. I don't have the books in front I mean, of me, I'm but pretty sure Major I mean, League how much money are money every single year? Yeah, owning a baseball team. Is... Well, that doesn't mean you're. T- Hold on, but that doesn't. Major League Baseball isn't the same as the NFL. That doesn't mean that your team. No, is owning money. owning Some a baseball teams team is operate not, at a deficit. Is, no, not no. They do not. Every baseball team makes money every year. They're not every year. That's not true. Maybe there's a little valuation breakdown. The sport nine hundred and sixteen million. The market two hundred and fifty million. The stadium three million. The brand ninety million. Valuation of yeah, the Tigers. So it's gone up a percent in one year. It's saying. Sarah, our brand is only worth ninety million dollars. What kind of garbage? That old English D is. Oh come on. I hate. It's you can't really. It's, so it's hard here to find you go. Here. So the Teams value of baseball. Revenue. The Yankees are up five percent. Yeah, it's saying it's saying valuation. The Tigers, the Tigers are even up one percent. No, none of that matters though. That none of that has to do with year to year making a profit when you're you're not getting. Yeah, it does here. In, Look, it says payroll, uh, revenue and operating income. So revenue for the Tigers, hundred eleven million dollars in revenue last year, and they're operating in their operational costs were forty two million. Okay, that's impossible. Our payroll. No, it more was than not. Our, uh, oh my god! I'm telling you, it's not. Oh, this wasn't. is showing operating income minus forty two million, player expenses sixty three million. Thank okay, you. so so one hundred five million. million. So he still made money last year, right? Sixty three and forty two. Why those are not all the costs, but it's got a, it's probably close. They probably broke even last year. <laughs> yeah, okay. Last year, Paul, in 2020, 40, 43, this has 43, 43 million. But these are obviously heavily influenced by COVID because they did the re-bargain agreement. And that's why Vila's getting another year. Coming back full circle. All right, and for our last topic before we close out the show, Ryan. No, no, no. The NBA no playoffs topics. are about to start. 
we got the play-in games coming up. And so to explain this for everyone who don't, does not understand the way the play-in games work, 7, 8, 9, 10. They all have a chance in the playoffs. 7 and 8 are going to play each other right now in the West. That's the defending NBA champion Los Angeles Lakers and the Steph Currys of Golden State. And that's the 7-8 spot. And the winner of that game will be the 7 seed. The loser will face the winner of the 9-10 spot, which I believe is the Memphis Grizzlies and the San Antonio Spurs. And the winner of that game will face the loser of the 7-8 game for the 8 spot, correct? Yeah, so you have yeah 7-8, and then you have 9-10. and 10, And then whoever wins 7-8 and eight is automatically the 7 seed. And then whoever loses 7-8 and eight plays the winner of 9-10. and 10. And then that winner gets to be the. So AC. are you excited? So it's not to like see the chance of Steph versus LeBron for a one-game shot. Oh, I'm super excited, and I'm such a hypocrite because, like, when Luca and Mark Cuban and LeBron were complaining about the playing game, or it's like the playing concept. Like, I totally agree with where they're coming from, but there was absolutely no chance that I wasn't like gonna watch. <laughs> you know what I mean? So I'm like, yeah, like I see where you're coming from, but you could have had. Luca, Dame, Steph, not LeBron. Can't the Lakers these guys in the like in the playing game? Like, like if you get Steph versus LeBron, um, I heard it on a on a podcast earlier, so I don't want to steal it, you know. Um, But like that's going to get some higher ratings in some of the finals games, I bet. Oh, most likely, depending on who's in the finals, for sure. Can't the Lakers still avoid the play-in game though? Aren't they like one game back? They need to win out and have a little help with the Dallas Mavericks. How many games two. are left? Yeah, like two. Um, but okay. yeah, they, I think if they win both and then the Mavs lose both, I think the Lakers well, get it. Well, hold on. What about Portland? Uh, well, let's see. Portland's playing right now against the Phoenix Suns. The Phoenix. On TNT. <laughs> but I'm saying, so I don't know how the tiebreakers work, but Los Angeles is a game back of two different teams. Uh, Los Angeles, and they only need yeah. to pass one. They only need to pass one, and there's two games to play. So I, it's to me, it's far from a foregone conclusion, right? Uh, yeah, it's 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 it's. I mean, it's not it's a not foregone, foregone conclusion. For the like, you know, they're going to be in the playoffs, but <laughs> you don't know who's going to yeah. be in the playoffs. The only game. foregone for sure that, out of the playing games, anyway, are San Antonio, Memphis, and Golden State. We know that San Antonio is the ten seed. There's not enough games left for them to make it up. Golden State and Memphis are tied right now, record-wise, but they have Golden State um, up on Memphis, so I'm guessing tiebreaker factions um, on the west side. And on the east side, it's pretty much set that Boston's going to be the seven in the play-in. And then Charlotte and Indiana are tied right now with Charlotte holding the tiebreaker for the eight spot, and Washington a game behind Indiana and Charlotte uh, right now at that tenth spot. Yeah, because they yeah they can't get to six. Yeah, no, yeah, no Boston cannot get to six. New York has clinched, um, and right now they're tied with Miami for that six-five spot. But they're a game; they're, they're behind them as far as tiebreakers, and they're a half yeah, game behind and Atlanta. My, and Miami just won yeah. today, so I think what I'm looking at isn't exactly exactly updated because I don't think they counted Miami's win today. But the Knicks might have won today, too. I don't know. Let me look. If the Knicks even played today. Uh, the Knicks did. They beat the Spurs. 
Oh, yep. So they're both both this. Oh, well, it says thirty nine thirty one. So maybe they are updated, or maybe not. But yeah, man, it's exciting, especially you get uh, LeBron and stuff in in a playing game. Not that it's win or go home, which is how I think uh, some people understand it. Yeah, that's a misconception. Yeah. That is, I've seen a lot of places for uh, unknown reasons. I, I think it is, I guess it's aptly, not aptly named, but you'd think when you're talking about the NBA playoffs and, you know, there's a couple extra teams and we've got a handful of extra games that you would understand if it was well, it, uh, single elimination. So that part's right. You know, you win, you're the seven. But seed. but if you lose, you can you can win you again. Lose the seven eight matchup, you can win again. If you lose, it's a the mini tournament matchup. You're out. It's a little baby yeah. baby yeah, if tournament. You lose nine ten. There's no no yeah, going back. No tomorrow. So no the tomorrow nine ten game is game. really the playing game. That's an elimination. Um, yes. But not a yeah. It's an elimination. Game. Game. But it's not officially playing. Well, it's not a playing because you have to yeah. you have to win twice. One team has to win twice. If you're in that one game, one team has to, to avoid losing twice. <laughs> one team can can right. can cannot lose once, and one team only has to win once. It is all sorts of confusion there. Hey, just, I, now, is this keep winning, baby? <laughs> is this staying when we return to a full schedule? Uh, we don't uh, know yet. I don't think they know that yet. Well, I, we don't I, know. So I'm, I'm sure they. So know. I guess that was an unfortunate question. Do you think that they will? retain this format yeah absolutely Probably. i hope so see i think they will because of greed and money but i i will be very annoyed by it i think it's pathetic i think it's disgusting it is a mockery of the sport in an already sport that mocks itself With the enough. management having you you don't the eight teams that get in don't deserve to be in and now it's 10 and it's yeah. like come on dude this Tell is your stars to not take games off that wouldn't change yeah. the format. What? Yeah, absolutely. You think the you think the Lakers would be sitting here if LeBron didn't take such long breaks? Hell no. Uh, but that's not going <laughs> to make if he them. Didn't fake his yeah. That's not going to make them decide. Injury? Oh, we're going to keep it at eight games. That doesn't change anything. It's going to bank on the fact that he's going to be healthy and they're going to steamroll in the playoffs. You got to get there oh, first. Yeah, it's a, it's pretty unfortunate for Utah. Like even if you get you know Golden State or or the Lakers. Like, that's not the first round matchup I want. No, definitely not. Either way. Or, like, you know, if you're Phoenix who's sitting at two right now, if the Lakers beat the Warriors and they're seven. Like, what kind of what kind of uh, prize is that for being the two seed? Get the defending chance. What's the problem? It's not a good one. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a tough draw. <laughs> the team sitting at three through six are just laughing. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I know, and like three and six right now is Clippers Mavs, which is a rematch of of last year, and then Denver Portland, and Denver doesn't have Jamal Murray, <laughs> so that's uh, pr- pretty unfortunate for them too. And like if you fight all this way, and then it it probably doesn't matter. I guess they could be Portland, but after that they're gonna play, you know, either Utah or whoever's the eight seed, whether it's you know Warriors or Lakers or. Or the Spurs or the Grizzlies, which I would not expect. And then on the east side, the Knicks are back in the playoffs for the first time since 2013. And for playing in and trying to get there, Mr. Triple Double himself, Russ Westbrook, trying to lead the Washington Wizards 
into the playoffs for the first time in a while as well. But, uh, yeah, all about New York, finally making it back to the playoffs. My man, Julius Randle, leading the way. In my opinion, should be most improved player this year, which usually goes to someone who was injured last year. But I think he has increased his game so much this year. I don't even think it's an argument for who else should be most improved player this year. Man's yeah. been in an argument for MVP. No, he's, well. well, he's going to win it. Um, I think most improved in the NBA does a better job than, like, comeback player in the NFL. Well, they're different. They're different com- Yeah, because comeback usually goes to whoever got injured, and then they played good again. But most improved usually goes to somebody who stepped their game up, you know, not not without injury. I mean, so like, I, so I do they, like that award better than the comeback player. It, it's it's just different. I I like it too. Um, it's kind of like a breakout player of the year almost. It, it is different with the NFL, but like, so say Cam like had a monster year this year, he could win like comeback player, right? Like he's yeah. he's kind of been down into whatever. It's not always. It's usually, but it's not always injury related. Oh yeah, Cam went off this year and had you know thirty five touchdowns and like eight interceptions and the Patriots win like 11 games. Absolutely. It's not going to happen. But like Peyton, I know. No, I don't think so. Either. Peyton after his next surgery, definitely one comeback player of the year. That's just how it be. Yeah. I think Andrew Luck won it too. After his, whatever injury he had. And then when he came back and they won. And then he 12 retired. 12 games or whatever it was. That's right. He just said, this is the one award I wanted my entire NFL career. And then <laughs> it's the only reason <laughs> I played. I got that's it. All, that's what I was here for. But, yeah. I mean, tough. Yeah, tough draw for the Knicks. Speaking of them, right now they face Milwaukee in the first round. Which, man, if you could like, is that for a while it seemed like they'd play the Hawks, oh, who man. have who are at four, and then Miami just kind of surged. Uh, so Miami took over the fifth spot, which bumped the Knicks down to six. And right now they'd be taking on the Bucks, and you'd much rather face the Hawks than. Agreed, but I, I think uh, I think NBA fans want to see Milwaukee leapfrog Brooklyn, so you get New York and Brooklyn in the three six in the first round. You get the battle for New York in the first round. I wouldn't want that if yeah, I'm a Knicks yeah, fan. But... <laughs> no, if I'm a, if I'm a Knicks fan, I'm mad at hell. I'm mad as hell at the Heat. <laughs> like, damn, bro, y'all gonna you gonna lose like one more game? Well, they still got a chance. It's tough for Atlanta too, because I mean, shit. Atlanta was thinking, you know, they could probably, like, oh, we'd ra- we'd much rather face the Knicks than any of these other teams. And nope. So now you got the surging Miami Heat. And they are surging. They are absolutely surging. Yeah, it's At the right time. Beat down on Philly Shit. today. And it's sent in Udonis Haslam to send a message. <laughs> Oh, I had to get that in because by the time we podcast next week, the playoffs will be set. So we had to at least get you a little prepared for that. But with that, that is the end of the show. So, Ryan, do the thing. Woo. Woo. So the only thing more exciting than the Steph and LeBron playing game is following Sports Carnage on YouTube, on Twitter, on Facebook, Sports Carnage Podcast. Anywhere you guys can get us. Google Podcasts, we're on. We're on Apple Podcast. Anything with podcasts in the name. Go ahead and find us, and then make sure you're following us again on everywhere, and then follow Detroit Sports Nation. Like, comment, share, subscribe, review, all that fun stuff. For Ryan Griffin, Paul Roshan, AJ Riley, I'm Matt Bass, and we are Sports Carnage. Thank you for spending a couple hours with us this week. We'll be back with y'all next week. <laughs>